that is what we need to do. Jake, how are you doing? I'm good. Good. I'm two to ten tomorrow, so I don't care how late we go. Cool. Oh, we're going to go into the wee hours of the morning. No, we <laughs> <laughs> I like how you got all lucky leprechaun. I, that was pretty impressive. I didn't know you do that, really. I don't know what I can and can't do. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm still in the beta phase. Let's see. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Episode 435. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before We don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids It's a trap Good it, toss it, good it, take it Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carry over, counterculture, pushover Pop culture Leftovers And the uncool kids What's to say's already been said Leftovers. You're listening to Pop Culture Leftovers, one of the lowest ranking podcasts in the world. World. We heard your demand for timestamps, and we chose to ignore you, just like your high school years. You'll see Jake with a tramp stamp before we start using timestamps. Sexy tramp stamp Jake. What we're trying to say is, we don't do timestamps, and we never fucking will. I just said the F word. So stop asking, you rat bastard cunts. Cunts. <laughs> Welcome to the Timestamp Free Zone. This is Pop Culture Leftovers. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the leftovers. leftovers. And I, Jake, I got nothing right now. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was on the edge of my seat. I know. What, oh, what is he going to bring to the table this week? Absolutely nothing. I've just, we've got, uh, we've, uh, we just did our She-Hulk uh, episode one review. So listen to that. If you haven't checked that out, please download and listen to that episode. But, uh, yeah, we've got guests for this episode. Uh, Kevin Shanks from Dose Makes the Poison, the Toxcast. Welcome, Kevin. Hey, glad to be here. Can't wait to talk to you guys. Kevin, you're my favorite forensic toxicologist in the world. That's awesome. Well, thank that, you. Does I'll that be make... the only one you know. I know multitudes of forensic toxicologists. And you, <laughs> you are my favorite. Sweet. Yeah. I am glad I'm somebody's favorite. Absolutely. And we are also joined by uh, Steve Hudson from the Heroes of Noise podcast. Welcome, Steve. What's going on, fellas? I can't wait to. What, what, what am I your favorite of then? You're my. Time out. You're yeah, my... Go ahead. Hell, hell, yeah, look at you trying to jump on me, and I've, I've, I've already got my answer lined up for you. You're my. You're the, as far as performers go, like solo performers go, you're my favorite. I bought your album, sir. The Gentleman. <laughs> Thank you so very much. I beat out Michael Jackson. I'm talking about performers that I know personally. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally fair. 
and 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 and, and, and talk, you put you put solo in yes. there too, so it's not you're hurting Volk's feelings. Ex- exactly, you're, Jake. You're picking up what I'm putting down, sir, because I love Volk. They're my favorite ensemble band. My favorite solo performer that I know personally is Mr. Steve Hudson, who came out with an album called The Gentleman, which I have purchased, and it is fantastic. And I'm telling you, you are very talented, and if people haven't downloaded it, they need to check it out, man. There are some wonderful songs on there, dude. A lot of earworms, too, man, because, like, I don't know how you do it. Like, it, it, like I'll, I'll listen to it, and, like, the songs will be playing in my head. They're very catchy. You, you're really good with that, man. I, I, I have no musical inclination at all, so I'm amazed that, that people can do that. And it's not like the, the talent just runs dry with you. I've heard Favon on Heroes of Noise, and, my God, she's incredibly talented as well. She baffled the mind, dude. I was not ready for that. Yes, man. I was like, whoa, I yeah. did not know very talented very talented i got a question for you about your album the gentleman Mm -hmm. i want to know because it's titled the gentleman and we all know what a gentleman is and like you know regular you know like the regular definition (laughs) blah 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 but if you look up the gentleman on urban dictionary it is the act of receiving a blowjob while smoking a cigarette taking a shit and reading the newspaper uh, use that in a sentence. My girlfriend was so drunk last night, I talked her into giving me the gentleman. <laughs> I would like to know, was that the inspiration for the album title? Of course. Yes, sir. I, I actually was a, it was an actual, like a, a, a an Easter egg and you decrypted it. Oh, so Yes. <laughs> the yeah. act of receiving a blowjob. Well, they give several options here: smoking a cigarette, taking a shit, or reading the newspaper. What if you do the trifecta? You're smoking, taking a shit, and reading the newspaper. Like, is that the ultimate? They gentleman? call that the gentleman's club. <laughs> I'm wow. not all. I'm not also. I'm not only a member. I'm also a client. that's so good Mm. no but seriously dude it's a fucking fantastic album people should check it out thank you i really appreciate it brother it's really fucking good dude it's i I listen where do do i get that album steve itunes you can go on itunes anywhere you get albums the gentleman se hudson sir it's really good no no spotify and spotify yes I tried to get it taken off, but they wouldn't listen to me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'll I'll do you a favor and listen on iTunes then. There we go. I appreciate it, brother. All right. Uh, I wanted to give everybody an update on uh, my cat. Hee-hee. Blood work came back. Perfect. They were like, for an older cat, his blood work's perfect. He's still like... He's just not putting on weight. So I'm going to keep an eye on him, make sure that he's eating, and I'm taking care of an ear infection that he has because he did have an ear infection, but... I don't know. Uh, he seems to be doing okay. I just want him to put on a little bit more weight. So uh, thank you, everybody that did reach out about my cat. Um, hee hee. Um, and now we need to go over the contest winners. Oh my God, Jake! I closed. It. I closed. It. I closed the browser that had him all set up and ready to go. Oh my God! Pause for the cause. All right, got that all squared away, and uh, we're going to be going over the winners for the five digital codes for the movie Wifelike, and let's see who our first winner 
is going to be Aaron Murray. Aaron Murray, you win a... I don't have Joe here to write him down. i got to write him down my goddamn stuff. I got you. I got you. Oh, you're doing it for me, Jake? <laughs> I already wrote Aaron Murray's Aaron name. Murray. Yeah. I got, hey, look at this. I was writing it down, too. So. I was, thank you, Kevin. I've got, I've got this... I, I was writing it down. This is so fucked up. I was writing it down on a Harvest Market receipt <laughs> with a gigantic Sharpie. <laughs> and so... <laughs> <laughs> it would have ran out. I've been writing it on my table. All right. Aaron Murray, you win a digital copy of Wife Like. Next winner, Steven Chavez. Steven Chavez, you win a digital copy of Wife Like. Number three, Alfredo Tostado. <laughs> Alfredo Tostado. Such a great name. It's a fucking wonderful name is what it is. It's beautiful. Alfredo Tostado. Oh, man. You got me hungry for Taco Bell, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, Monica Garola. <laughs> all the favorites this contest. Yeah, I know. All the next is going to be Geraldo Vega. There we go. And number five, Stephen Pliska. Stephen Pliska, you win a digital copy of Wife Like. And now we're going to go over the five winners for physical copies, Jake, of Sonic the Hedgehog Two. These are for physical Blu-ray copies. I will be reaching out to the winners for your addresses, not to send you the movie, but to personally stalk you, because I'm weird like that. <laughs> but uh, first winner is going to be, oh my God, Aaron Murray. <laughs> you win again. <laughs> Next winner is Steven Chavez. Yeah, that's a, we're just going to go down the same list. Next winner is going to be Rodney Pena. Rodney Pena. Number three. Oh, I love this one. Joe Stark wins a oh, physical dude. copy of Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Number These kids are going to be pumped. Number four is Mr. Ernie Martin. Martin. Eh, 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 eh. Martin. Eh, 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 eh. That's, uh, that's horrible. That was <laughs> what, what an exact <laughs> replication of the uh, Martin Deep I know. I know. <laughs> I mean, you killed it just now. I was literally I mean, I dancing. recognized it. So. <laughs> Steve was like... Ho- Steve was like, holy shit, I'm not the only one that's got musical talent on this episode. This, for real. Brian, are, you thre- are you threatened Steve's, now? Barry, Barry uh, don't you dare release an album. I, <laughs> of all theme songs. All theme, I was thinking the same thing. My album cover is just going to be me getting a blowjob on a toilet while reading the newspaper, smoking a cigarette, and, yeah, <laughs> taking a shit. Um Number number four. Is this number four that I'm going over no, now? No, this is, this is five. Oh, this is the final winner for Sonic 2. Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas, you win a physical copy of Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Jake had Knuckles in that one. Yeah, Idris Elba. Idris Elba as Knuckles. <laughs> he, he very much was in that movie. It was that, a fun sequel. That's the only point I wanted to make there, Jake. Nothing else. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> real quick. Real quick. I wanted to bring this to everybody's attention. You know, fall is right around the corner. And we all know what that means. Pumpkin spice flavored fucking everything is going to be hitting. Fuck yes. Yeah. Kevin over there getting all seasonal and shit. 
Yeah. But, I hate pumpkin flavored shit. I, I'm in the uh, apple camp. Well, it's because it's not even pumpkin flavored. I mean, yeah, it's like watermelon. Like, it's not, it's taken on its own life of a flavor and tastes nothing like the actual. Ah, uh, the worst culprit is banana. Oh, that's yes, a good one, too. That's yeah, that's gr- great. What about grape? grape? Oh, grape. <laughs> grape. Why don't we just call it purple? But yeah, now- I like the artificial grape flavor, though. Oh, I like no. artificial apple. Oh, me too. Oh, I'm a banana guy, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Banana Laffy Taffy are disgusting. Oh, banana Laffy Taffy, banana runts, all that stuff. Oh, yeah. that pure, oh pure I hate sugar. that shit. Man, it's terrible. It doesn't taste like a banana. Just eat a banana. Well, then it wouldn't get that banana candy taste. And that's that's exactly what I don't want. <laughs> but that's I don't what think I want. I don't think I had a runt for 20 plus years. Do they still make runts? Yeah, they still make runts, I, I would imagine. There's, right? I think they're still around, yeah. Okay. They're like in those bags that are like two I, for a dollar at the gas station now. I think the the best way to get runs is like at the at the supermarket with the with the with the little fucking machine that you put the quarter in and you twist it and then it com- goes down that dirty slide that every fucking kid has put their <laughs> fucking <laughs> fingers gross. in. Yeah. Oh, that's so nasty. We used to eat them all the time. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I know. It's disgusting getting candy like that. It's fucking gross. I still gross. do. Come oh on now. Oh my god. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> You don't know how long that shit's been sitting there either. You know what I mean? <laughs> fucking sun hitting those fucking M&Ms. That M&M, you, you might be eating an M&M from 1975. It's like you're looking at that and you're like, <laughs> you're like, didn't they discontinue the light brown ones like back in 1984? And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> there you are eating it. Anyway, they, pumpkin spice flavored everything is coming out. But what if you're a college student on a budget and you can't afford $8 pumpkin spice lattes? Well, listen up. Listen up. Oh, no. Cup Noodles. <laughs> Cup Noodles Company has a new pumpkin spice flavored ramen noodles coming out. Oh. You know, <laughs> I would try it. Oh, my God. There's very few things you bring up food related that I, I wouldn't try. And this – I. I want no part of this. That sounds so fucking gross. Yeah, the, the inventor of cup noodles officially kicked off pumpkin spice season in the most unexpected way with pumpkin spice flavored noodles. The new limited edition cup noodles pumpkin spice flavor invites lovers and haters of the inescapable fall flavor to try the newest cup on the block when it exclusively hits Walmart shelves nationwide in late October. So, yes, that's you're going to be getting Pumpkin spice flavored ramen noodles. To taste it for yourself, visit Nissan Foods. That's N I S S I N F O O D S dot com to locate your nearest cup noodles pumpkin spice when it hits Walmart shelves late October. That is fucking disgusting. Kevin, are you gonna fucking take uh, like the the whipped cream and put it on the top of the noodles and just go to town? I don't know about that, but I bookmarked the site already. <laughs> oh my god. I I Gross will try this one hundred percent. I will try it. <laughs> yeah, I, I always say you can you can eat everything at least once. That sounds horrible, bro. I'm not going to touch that. No, well, it, it's the truth. The only time I ever heard that quote before was from a cannibal, and I was just like, uh, <laughs> "That's very uh, true." No, buddy, no. <laughs> Steve, are you trying? Are you trying pumpkin spice flavored noodles? No. And the funny thing is, if somebody were to say, hey, there's pumpkin spice flavored noodles, where do you sell them? My first thought would have been Walmart. I was like, yeah, it makes sense. 
Walmart for sure. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to eat that nastiness. I'm not a big, massive pumpkin spice person, especially not on random food. Like, ugh. For me, I think it starts with pumpkin pie and kind of ends with pumpkin pie. I I love pumpkin pie. I don't even like pumpkin pie. I'm a pecan pie guy. Oh, snap, huh? I love pecan pie, but... You know, uh, let me tell you, one of the best pumpkin pies I've ever had that was store-bought was back in the early 2000s. I went to Walmart, and it was – do you remember Bo Jackson? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Bo, Bo knows this and Bo knows yeah. that. Bo Jackson had his mother's recipe as a pumpkin pie in the early 2000s, and they sold it one year at Walmart. And I bought, I bought Mother Bo's – I don't know if that's what it was called. Mother that's what I. Bo. That's what I'm Mama calling. <laughs> that's what I'm calling it. I don't know if that's. But I bought Mother Bo's pumpkin pie, and it was fucking phenomenal. I was like, this <laughs> this could actually compete with my mom's pumpkin pie. This is good pumpkin pie, out of the store. Store bought pumpkin pie. Bo Jackson's mom makes a great pumpkin pie. She knew. Bo knows pumpkin pie. Bo no. Bo's mom knows pumpkin pie. <laughs> Mama Bo. Mama Bo. Now, do, do any of you do the, the coffee, pumpkin spice latte or anything like that? No, I, I fucking hate it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I love coffee, too, but ugh. I think Jake's right. The, the, the apple flavor, though, is the most, like, underutilized thing. Oh, dude. Absolutely, man. Uh, apple flavored any candy is just like autom- like Johnny Ranchers. Oh, my God. The apple flavor is always the one that's missing in the public one because everybody knows it's the bomb. Do you remember the the, the Jolly Ranchers that used to be in, like, the sticks? Yes, yeah. the flat sticks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They stopped making those. You can't find them yeah. anywhere? I haven't, I haven't seen them in years. I know Abba's that was back. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Michelle Obama. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> All right, let's jump. You guys ready to jump into Good Pop, Bad Pop this week? <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things of the previous week and or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. It is storming out here, Jake. We just got it. It's hitting us. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah it was some really loud lightning over here. Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't knock the fucking power out and we can finish this episode. Anyway, I uh, finished Physical Season 2 on Apple. I just did a whole fucking binge. I, I watched like the first two episodes, then I didn't watch it forever, and then I just binged the rest of it in a fucking day. Tupperware, love Physical Season 2. Rose Byrne is fantastic. I love this fucking show. If you're not watching Physical, watch it on Apple. It's fantastic. I did go to the theater this week and watch something. I watched a couple things that weren't on the list. I'll talk about one of them in detail here in a moment. But um, the first thing I went and saw is they had one week limited release of uh, E.T. first time in IMAX. And so I'm a huge fan of the movie. I wanted to see it in IMAX and I was not disappointed. And uh, Jake, I know you're not a fan of the movie, but Kevin, are you a fan of E.T.? 
Oh, I love E.T. I mean, I, I love it. And I'm actually staring at an E.T. candle from my little childhood when I was a baby right now. Mm-hmm. I love E.T. I love E.T. Absolutely love E.T. Man, I think Henry Thomas and Drew Barrymore, two of the best child actors ever. Uh, Henry Thomas, fucking incredible. Steve, are you a fan of E.T.? Actually, it's funny that you should say that. I was not a fan of E.T. until I saw Michael Jackson on the poster, and then I went to go see E.T. It was when I was, I was like, I got to see it because this was MichaelJackson.com back in the day, and I fell in love with the movie. Huge fan of E.T. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. I just I watched, I watched it in IMAX, and I, I, I guarantee you, I know that there were some kids in there that had never seen it before, and I looked around, and I saw, like, one kid, like, leaning forward, like, you know, during, like, you know the one of the one of the big moments in the movie and just leaning Aww. forward like totally like attention like some of the special effects of course don't hold up in the movie but i think it's it doesn't matter when you've got such a great story so it was awesome seeing do they it still uh, do they still take out the guns and have the flashlights in the version they showed you yeah yeah it's okay. still that version yeah you don't get to see the guys with the guns until like later on in the movie there's a point where they have them but at the beginning out in the woods it's all yeah replaced with flashlights um i did go to the uh, theater this week and saw another movie um fall and i did not put this on the list for everybody but i i went and saw this movie what is going on with my computer this week i'm, so, I'm sorry <laughs> wow that took a left i'm sorry my computer's been doing this weird ass fucking thing all fucking day here we go back to normal i went and saw the movie fall uh for best friends becky and hunter life is all about conquering fears and pushing limits however after they climb to a two thousand foot uh, 2,000 feet to the top of a remote abandoned radio tower, they find themselves stranded with no way down. Now their expert climbing skills are put to the ultimate test as they desperately fight to survive the elements. A lack of supplies and vertigo-inducing heights. It's written and directed by Scott Mann, and it stars uh, Grace Carolyn Curry as Becky, Virginia Gardner as Hunter, and Jeffrey Dean Morgan plays Becky's father in this movie. And so what happens... in the movie starts with uh, Becky and her friend Hunter climbing. They're, they're doing like a free solo on this on this mountain, and uh, Becky's there with her husband, and uh, they do like the whole cliffhanger thing where something gets you know something happens, and 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 Becky's husband slips and falls and dies, you know, and and you watch him fall and he drops to his death, and. Um, so she's been out of the climbing game for a year. And then a year later, her friend Hunter says, hey, you know, enough of this being depressed. I, you got to get out. You gotta, I want you to join me uh, on this climb. I'm, she's like this Instagram influencer now or whatever. She's like doing all these videos or whatever. And she's like, I want you to join me. We're going to climb this B67 TV tower. It's this old, rusted, rickety 2000 foot tower and this thing is insane when you look at it it's like daunting to look at and um (laughs) so they climb up this tower and there's a point where you know part of it's falling apart and a screw pops out and and all of a sudden like a big section of the ladder just drops off this thing. So they're stuck at the top of this tower on this platform. 
They have no signal on their phones out there, no way of contacting anybody in the outside world, and no way of getting down. Um, and the, I mean, there are scenes of vertigo, like like the, you get shots of them on top of this thing and hanging off this thing, and it's it's fucking like it really like it shook me. I was just like, oh my god! It's like when you watch that movie Free Solo, the documentary. It feels like that, in, but you're watching this movie. It's just, it's scary to watch people up that high. It just gives you that fear. And um, I don't think it's like the best script ever, honestly. And there's like a little bit of like personal drama between the two characters that kind of comes up throughout the movie. Um, and there is this, I don't even know if I want to talk about it. It's so dumb. I don't know why they put this in the movie. There's a, there's a scene of like her friend Becky when she, you know, before her husband died where she's like at a bar and she's doing like a pole dance to Warren's cherry pie. Okay. And it comes okay. up later in the movie where she's got to climb up this pole and try to charge this drone. She's going to try to char- charge this dying drone with the light that's at the top of this tower. And she starts to give up and her friend starts singing cherry pie. <laughs> world. <laughs> and that's what pushes her through so she can climb to the top of this thing. It's kind of ridiculous. This was a guilty pleasure movie for me. I absolutely fucking loved it. <laughs> It is not good as far as the script goes, but oh my god, it keeps you engaged the entire fucking time. This is a hundred percent a guilty pleasure because of just like how death defying it looks and how scary it, it. I mean, my stomach. I was just like, oh my god, like looking down from the top of this tower. I was just like, holy shit, this is insane. So I Tupperware it. I fucking loved it. I had a blast. It's an hour and a half, and I fucking loved it. <laughs> so that, I, that sounds really fun. I, I love feeling like that in a movie. I, I think the last time I experienced that was with The Walk in, in IMAX. I was going to say this movie. Yeah, the Jordan uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt movie. Yeah, this one. Yeah, I w- is right up there, dude. I would like to catch this in the theater before it's gone. It sounds really cool. It's not playing everywhere, so if you can find it, watch it. I. I fucking yeah. I got I got tickets to it to see it. um, I think Tuesday night because it's actually playing here. Yeah, I can't wait. I loved it. I fucking loved it. So yeah, that's fall and that's out in theaters now. I would recommend seeing it on the biggest screen possible. So I'm in. I'm definitely gonna go check. Like I remember seeing the poster and I was like, "Geez, that looks like I know." It looks crazy. (laughs) I was like, "I want to see that." It's fucking nuts. It is fucking nuts. Like, there's eye-rolling moments, like, between, you know, some of the dialogue and shit. But it's just the... It's this situation is so bizarre. And some of the stuff that they do, before they know they're in any danger, they're doing shit like hanging off the side of it, you know, and taking selfies and shit. It's fuck. And I'm just like, oh, my God, stop. Like, what are you doing? This is nuts. Anyway, Bad Sisters on Apple TV+, Plus, a delicious blend of both dark comedy and thriller, Bad Sisters follows the lives of the Garvey sisters, who are bound together by the premature death of their parents and promise to always protect one another. The series, uh, series stars Sharon Horgan, Anne-Marie Duff, uh, Eva Berthistle, Sarah Green, Eve Hewson as the Garvey sisters. It's created by Sharon Horgan. It's based on the Flemish 
Series Clan, which was created by Malin Sarah Gozen. All these names that I've li- rattled off, Jake, I, I know not a one of them. No, me neither. Yeah. I could, I, could have, I could have thrown in just a fake name in there. Nobody would have known the difference. Well, I was looking at the cast right now, so I probably would have wondered. Yeah, but everyone else, Jake. I, I don't <laughs> know why you have to just ruin the illusion there. <laughs> just go with it. Sorry. Yeah. Jesus. I would have no idea. Mr. Technical over there. Anyway. Um, yeah, I... Uh, yeah, I want to. I want to know what you guys thought about this one. So we've got, uh, we've got. Uh, um, I don't even know how to talk about this one. We've got. Yeah, Jake, I'll let you talk about it because I honestly, I, I'm at like I'm at a low tasted on this one. It didn't have enough to keep me watching, to be quite honest with you. I, I really didn't care by the end of it, like how this all turns out. I don't think the first episode did enough to want me to keep watching this. Yeah, I'm right there with you at a low taste it. Um, honestly, after 10 minutes of watching the first episode, I kind of thought I missed something. Like, I didn't realize that the point of the show was that I didn't know how the death had happened. I thought, well, maybe I wasn't paying attention and I missed what they said. And I, I rewound and realized that, oh, I, I guess I'm not supposed to know how he died. And they kind of reveal that in the last 20 minutes of the episode, that that's that's what's going on here, that it's a little bit of a mystery how the character that dies at the beginning of the episode met his demise. So, yeah, what you got going on here, you have five sisters. They have a very strong bond. One of them marries a guy that doesn't really fit that bond very well. And even worse than that, he's seemingly taking one of the sisters away from the other four and they're just not you know, together as much as they used to be. And then that character has a mysterious death, but the show doesn't tell you what happened, but very much implies that there was foul play going on here. And that one, if not all of the other four sisters were involved. Um, It's still not clear what happened there. Um, And that sounds like a lot and plenty enough for a show. Um, One of the reasons I low tasted this was there's also a storyline where there's two insurance agents that will go completely bankrupt if they have to pay out this claim on the husband. And there's a storyline where they're trying to, you know, defraud the whole thing so they don't have to pay out the money. And I thought that storyline was just way too much for this show and just piled on to to the point where I didn't care anymore. And it was just a lot to swallow in one episode. And yeah, I, I probably will not be watching another one of these episodes. I didn't. I like the cast, though. Yeah. I thought the acting was actually very good. It was just the story itself didn't really drag me in. There was no hook for me in this first episode to keep me to keep me invested in this. Like, it would have been interesting to find out, like maybe that the you know they they maybe it all planned it together, or maybe they all planned something individually, and it was like. A combination of like what they had planned that killed this guy that finally put him in the ground. I don't know. It just wasn't enough to keep me watching. Steve, what did you think about uh, Bad Sisters? I, you know, I think I'm on the opposite side of you guys. I tasted this. I gave it a taste and possibly a high taste because I was totally like in the beginning, the first 10 minutes I was not in. I've liked Sharon Hogan from uh, the catastrophe I used to watch her in that show, and I like Clay's Bang from Dracula. And I was like, hey, two of the people I know, everyone else I didn't really know. And it started kind of going, and, it, and I was like, okay, I get, I wish I wouldn't have read the synopsis of it. I wish I would have kind of been surprised. 
But I started watching and I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be so fun because Clay's Bang plays a douche very well. He has the face for it. The husband just has a face of a douche. And I was like, oh, you don't even have to really say anything. You're, I'm not going to like you probably. And the further he goes, it's like, oh, this guy wasn't just a douche. He probably and most likely, and as they show, is abusive. And the actress Anne-Marie Duff puts on, like, she's one of those actresses that are like, you're acting so well that it doesn't seem like this show deserves it. Like, you're really acting. And this show doesn't even seem like it fits the, the mold for that. But it really does. You start to feel for her. And now, by the end of this episode, I wanted to know, well, then who did it? Like, I, now I'm in. I said, I want to know who did it now. Because everyone has a reason. Probably everyone he's ever run into has a reason to kill this dude. Mm. And so I kind of, I now want to know, well, was it one of you? Or do you, are sisters looking at each other like, I thought it was you. Oh, you thought it was, no, I thought it was, I really want to see what happens. So I appreciate you even putting it on the list. I liked it a lot. That's good, man. Yeah, it's like, it's, I didn't think it was bad. I just felt like this first episode wasn't enough. Maybe they should have gave me a little bit more of a hook to keep me kind of going. Because I think like, the chemistry between all the actors was really good. I believe them as sisters. And, um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Kevin, what did you think about Bad Sisters? Yeah, um, this is the only thing on the list I didn't watch. Um, so I really can't have an opinion, I guess. <laughs> bad Kevin. Uh, I know. We're, start, we're starting out. Yeah. We're starting out bad. Yeah. But, yeah. I, it kind of sounds like, hey, I didn't really miss a lot, though. Hey, watch is, your mouth. <laughs> is it just me, or did they kind of hint that however he died, it was a very silly way? For sure. No question. For sure, it was silly. <laughs> I was more interested in the how than the who, and I thought that was a little bit of a fail on the show. Maybe he was getting a gentleman. It seems possible, <laughs> honestly, with some of the jokes that were happening. I don't know. We'll see what happens, man. I don't know. Yeah. We will not see. Or at least I will not yeah. see what happens. Yeah, uh, Steve, you'll see what happens because I won't be continuing. I will tell you. I, will <laughs> both of you I appreciate that, Steve. I do want to know how how he actually passed away. Yeah. For sure, I got you. Uh, three of us got to go to the theater this week and watch the the new Idris Elba movie Beast. Uh, recently widowed Dr. Nate Daniels and his two teenage daughters travel to a South African game reserve managed by. Martin Battles, an old family friend and wildlife biologist. However, what begins as a journey of healing soon turns into a fearsome fight for survival when a lion, a survivor of a bloodthirst of bloodthirsty poachers, begins stalking them. It's directed by Balthasar Kormakur, uh, Kormakur from a screenplay by Ryan Angle based on a story by Jamie Primak Sullivan and stars Idris Elba, Iyana Holly, uh, Leah Sava Jeffries, and Shalto Copley. And, um, yeah, I got a chance to see this one last night. I was really looking forward to this one. I'm glad that they actually did film it in South Africa. Um, I was like, oh, you know, hopefully they fucking spent the extra money and actually did this on location. And they did. And it, I think it paid off in that respect. Uh, but I was just looking for, you know, like uh, <laughs> Cujo with a lion. And I think that I got it here. Um, it I... I'm going to give it a high taste it because I was actually I was actually really into this movie. I was uh I don't know if I ever felt any like uh 
worry for Idris and the two girls in this movie ever. Um, but uh, I did enjoy the movie quite a bit. But I want to hear what you guys thought. Kevin. Yeah. Um, I The best review of the, that I saw of this movie after watching it kind of explains how I felt. <laughs> um, uh, and it basically surmi- just, just summarized. It just said, if actually a lion watched this movie, they will look at it as a comedy of the sheer ineptitude of one of their colleagues because I didn't like this pretty much at all. I mean, I'll, I'll give it a low taste. I'm not going to absolutely toss it. Um, the story was middle of the road. Got a, I mean, you got a lion going rogue. Uh, it's killing a bunch of people. And that's it. I mean, that's on, on its basic storyline premise. That's what it is. It's a lion and it's on a, it's on a killing spree because it's sad and angry. Um, and there's some good jump scares throughout the movie. But for me, that was really about it. Those kids in this movie are some of the two of the dumbest kids I've ever seen in a movie. I mean, they're doing the standard dumb kid things, doing the dumb things that oh, I dumb agree. movie kids do. Yeah. I mean, that's all they do. They they get told to do stay in the car. I mean, not really a spoiler because I believe this is in the trailer as well. Uh, stay in the car. Well, what do you think they do? They leave the car. There's a giant lion running around outside. You're not going to – you don't need to be outside the car. So um, I – I thought it wrapped up too quickly, too easily. Um, the ending um, of what that lion could really do to somebody. I mean, I, I, I didn't see the ending as even believable at all. Um, and I thought it dragged on in some parts, um, but it did wrap up too quickly at the end. I mean, I got to low taste this. Um, it's something I would probably never, ever watch again. And, if they ever make another lion movie like this, I hope it's done a lot better. But I will say, as, as Brian, as you said, I am glad they did film this in South Africa because it was a very pretty movie, as in the the, the, the scenery. And um, I did enjoy that. So I thought Charlotte Copley was just misused, completely misused, because he's a great actor. And for what he was used in this movie, there was just nothing that I got from him. Kevin, I'm a, I'm a simple man. All I need is a, <laughs> I'm a simple man. All I needed was a big lion going at me. And the kids were dumb as fuck, dude. I remember like the part that fucking drove me nuts was the part where, uh, you know, uh, he's like, I'll be gone 10 minutes. And then like, it's not even 10 minutes. And like the girl's trying to communicate with him over the fucking walkie. And of course the <laughs> lion is near. And I'm like, oh, shut the fuck up. Shut that kid up. <laughs> Yeah, it's stuff like that. I mean, I know why it's presented that way, obviously, because you wouldn't have a movie like this without that. But yeah. it's just so some dumb stuff going on of uh, of what they do and some of the events that happen of, OK, you're going to try to take this lion down and you do you there. I don't really want to spoil anything. So, I mean, because if you do go and see this, you probably should be surprised at a few things. But like you do the exact opposite of what you're supposed to be doing in the situation. Yeah. And I mean, if you get eaten by that lion, you are, I mean, you deserve it. Honestly, that's what I was thinking <laughs> at some points of this movie of those kids. I'm like Idris Elba's trying to save his kids, but those kids are doing everything they can 
to get eaten. So I just couldn't I couldn't deal with that. Well, there's a there's a part of me that was just like uh None of this would be happening if it wasn't for these poachers. And I, I, I believe that poachers should uh, – there should be a spot reserved in hell for poachers. Oh, oh, oh. 100%. Um, 100%. None of this would be happening if those poachers didn't kill the entire pride. So it's like on one, on one hand, it's not, it's not like I'm even looking at the lion as like a villain here in, in certain ways. It all just goes back to like – Poaching is wrong. This all... well, he, the lion's not really the villain. I yeah, mean, it, yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. you you do feel for what happened. I mean, if you can feel for that animal, I mean, you do feel for. I mean, the poachers took out the entire pride, and I mean, he's the lone one. So, I mean, that's that's all you can say. I don't want to spoil any more than that. But what did you rate this, Kevin? I'll low taste it. I'm not going to completely taste. toss it, but. I mean, I thought it was effective in some of the jump scares, and and I did love seeing that lion running around and stalking them. But yeah, just the 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 actions of the human people in this, and then Idris Elba supposed to be a doctor, and I, I, he was fumbling around trying to do certain things, and I mean, he's not. I don't know. It just took me out of it. Well, right, let's get Steve in here. Steve, did you watch this? <laughs> I busted a Kevin on this one. This is the one I did not watch. Okay, okay. So it's just <laughs> it's me and Kevin. It's me and Kevin on this one. Um, yeah, I I say you don't have to see this in the theater. You could probably wait for this one. But um, yeah, I just wanted I wanted honestly, Cujo's a Tupperware. I love Cujo. I love that movie. Oh yeah, yeah, Cujo's great. And the book is even oh god, the book is even more terrifying. Have you watched Looks Cujo recently? Great. I have not watched Cujo recently. It's probably getting re- a good 10 years. You should years. revisit it. I just watched it like about a month ago. Yeah. Um, it really holds up, especially compared to a lot of the other movies of that era. Like the, the special effects they did, it's really hard to tell when like the fake dog or yeah. the guy dressed up like a dog. Like They did such a good job with the filming of that movie. Man, uh, the little boy in that is Jonathan from Who's the Boss? <laughs> oh, I didn't realize oh, wow, that. Wow, I didn't realize that. Yeah, and in the book, the boy dies. Yeah, he sure does. Yeah. Of course, of course he does, Stephen. Stephen yeah. has to have that happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, now, speaking of lion movies, did y'all, I know well, at least one of you guys have seen Ghost of the Darkness. Oh, God, yes. That oh, was yeah, the, of course. That was the yeah, two lions. And so this isn't touching that for you, Brian. Oh, like that, that movie's a Tupperware. Like that is a, and that's based on a true story. Yeah. That, that, I mean, even for me, that's, I mean, that's a complete Tupperware. That's a Tupperware Tupperware for me too. Yeah. That's a great movie. Who was that? Was that Val Kilmer and Michael, Michael Uh, Douglas? Douglas. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic movie. (laughs) And I did think about that movie while I was watching this, but uh, it doesn't touch that movie. I just, I'm a simple man. And I was just like, big lion going after kids. I loved how one of the kids was wearing a Jurassic Park t-shirt before. (laughs) That's funny. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I was like, kid, you don't even know what that shirt means right now, what you're in for. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about Echoes. I only got to watch one episode of Echoes on Netflix. Did anybody watch any more episodes of Echoes? I only watched one episode as well. I watched half the second one. You watch half of the second episode. one? Okay. Yep. Uh, the miniseries is a mystery thriller about identical twins. Le- uh, L- is it Lenny? Lenny? 
Lenny. Lenny and Gina, who share a dangerous secret, they have secretly swapped lives since they were children, culminating in a double life as adults where they share two homes, two husbands, and a child. Their world is thrown into disarray when one of the twins goes missing. I had not read that synopsis going into this show, so this was all revealed within the first episode for me. Um, this is from the creator of 13 Reasons Why. It's got Michelle Monaghan playing both uh, Lenny and Gina. And uh, Matt Bomer plays Jack, uh, one of the husbands here. And then uh, the other husband, is that Daniel Sinjata? Is it, is, it, is it Gina? Is Gina the one that goes back into town? Uh, it's confusing because, um, <laughs> like, I, I, G, they think it's Gina, but it, it is the swapped yes. one, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's Lenny that's gone missing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Officially. Officially, yeah. Um, I'll get into my thoughts here in a moment, but I'm going to start, you guys. Uh, Jake, tell us a little bit about the show and then what your thoughts were on Echoes. I actually hated this show. This show was a toss-it for me. Um, I did not read the synopsis. I, I just saw what was going to happen at the end coming a mile away from, like, the first 15 minutes of the episode once the whole, like, twin of it all was revealed. Um, I thought it was a really silly premise. I also thought the production value really brought this show down. It really felt like something that would air on CBS at 8 p.m. on a Friday night. Like, it just had that made-for-network TV feel to it. Like, I, I don't know if it was the lighting or the acting or, or what, but it, I don't know. It just did not feel the caliber of a uh, AAA Netflix streaming title to me in any I way whatsoever. Think, I don't know if this is 100% Netflix. I think this is an Australian series that they bought and put on their service, but I could be wrong there. Okay, and I don't know. That, I couldn't shake that. It just really bothered me how, like, cheap isn't the word I'm looking for. It's hard to describe, but it really had that network TV show feel to me. Um, I don't know. I, I thought the premise was super silly and in some ways, like, almost gross. Like, I just did not care to continue this journey. Like, they're swapping husbands. They're swapping kids. I, this whole thing was just fucked up and not in a fun way. I, I did not like this show at all. I was I didn't read the synopsis and I was kind of shocked at the end. I don't know, maybe I'm a like I said, I'm a simple man. I'm a simple man. So I didn't I didn't see it coming. I didn't see it coming at all. But it is a fucked up premise when you think about it. I'm a simple man who just wants twins fucking each other's husbands. <laughs> I'm telling you. I mean, seriously. I mean, I love Jerry Springer and this is bringing all that back. So, no. I I'm going to give this a low taste. It, it, that's, what, that's one of the reasons I, why I only watched the one episode. I don't think it had enough to keep me uh, going. I think the, the full six episodes or whatever it went. So I'm at a low taste it on this one. Kevin, what did you think? Oh, God. Um, yeah, it's a complete toss in a dumpster for me. Um, I watched the first episode. I struggled through it. And like you guys, I hadn't read the synopsis. I just went into it completely blind. Um, I thought it was extremely dumb. Uh, and it, as Jake has already mentioned, it was kind of like the production value. I wrote down, I thought it was like the Lifetime Channel version of a movie that would, I mean, of a better movie somewhere. Or, I mean, that the acting was not great. The storyline was confusing, messy at the beginning, um, and not in that good, like, Westworld type confusing, messy way. Um, the swapping gave me, um, 
Wonder Woman 1984 vibes of that just 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 gross type stuff. I mean, of of swapping people in and out and not knowing what's going on. And I mean, I I definitely won't be returning to this thing. I I I, I just I had a trouble getting through it, and then with the ending, the way it ended, and um, yeah, I. I don't understand where they're going. I don't, I mean, I don't understand the, the entire story. They swapped places for however long, and now one of them's missing, and she did it on purpose. Okay, big deal. I, I And I have a hard time believing, too, that if both twins would have the same, exact same mannerisms that the husbands and kids could not tell at that point. I mean, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I completely toss it. I will not watch this again. I thought it was utter crap. Is the husband fucking the nanny? Probably. Mm, most yeah, likely. Potentially. Yeah. Steve, what did you think about echoes? So I gave it a low taste it. And the only reason it's not a, to- like, it couldn't have been a toss. Because I, if it was a toss it, I would have, I wouldn't have gone to the next episode. But a big reason I went to the next episode is because I still didn't understand it. I was like, wait, 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 wait. Who's who and how, where and why? What's going on here? <laughs> so I, you know, you just keep on watching it, thinking, oh, may I have to at least understand what was happening. Halfway through the next episode, I still couldn't verbalize who's who. Like, hey, are you getting the original linear or the or the Gina of the Gina of the linear, the linear and the Gina? I'm like, okay, I can't. You're right. I got you. You got me. You know, I don't do calculus very well, so I cannot keep up with the story. I think Matt Bomer is supposed to represent us, where we're looking like something's wrong here. I just can't quite gauge what's happening here. Something's wrong, though. Mm. Um, I do like the fact that they they this is one of the first times, even though it's becoming a thing where they let the small town detective all of a sudden be a genius at remembering things where it's just like, okay, I'm gonna get out of here. But you know what is funny though? That horse was bleeding on the left side and you're bleeding on the right. I'm like, okay, we got it. You're really, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? I'm like, we got it. You're really smart. And then on the way out of town, she's like, I didn't remember seeing him in the search party. But we'll keep on going. I'm like, okay, all right. You're like an amazing savant. We and I like. I, I would rather it be that than she's a dunce. So fine. But uh, like Kevin said, I gotta agree. This is like a a Hallmark movie sort of thing. And uh, but again, it keeps you going because you're like, did I miss something? Like she'll find random things in caves, and you're like, is that supposed to be a thing I'm supposed to remember here? And then, you know, they try and they try to keep on making sure Gina, Gina, you keep on hearing that name so you know where we're at. And if you have to do that, you're not making the greatest show. Mm-hmm. But again, if I knew somebody that loved calculus and doing algebra on the walls and likes to do this sort of thing, I'd be like, oh, you'll love this show because you cannot go do anything in the kitchen. Come back and keep following it because you're not going to know what the hell happened while you were gone. But yeah. for me, I need something where. Hey, if you're going to do this super high concept show, your script better be crazy. I mean, crazy so that we all can keep up. I guarantee most of the people that watch the show was like, after the first episode, they're like, what the hell? Who is she again? What? How and 
And then the, you know, these random horses, you know, falling off cliffs or, uh, you know, getting shot in the head. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. However, it's not terrible. It's just not my thing. So, yeah, I give it a low tasted. I'm not going to return because I don't want to do homework watching a show. Yeah. My mom sent me a text about it. She said, <laughs> I watched two episodes of Echoes last night. I don't have a clue what's going on. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Oh boy. Oh boy. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> that sums up echoes. I think I think everyone has echoed our thoughts on echoes. It is hey! Yeah, I know. It's 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 a very over the top premise. It's very unbelievable and it's not uh it's not gonna enough to keep me invested in watching. Let's talk about Glorious. This is the new movie that dropped on Shudder. It centers around an extremely hungover man named Wes. I love this synopsis. Glorious yes. Glorious centers around an extremely hungover man named Wes who is suffering the not so glorious symptoms of a hangover in a public bathroom when he begins to hear a strange and omniscient voice coming from the stall's glory hole. Wes is pulled into a trip that no one will believe. That is, if he lives to tell the tale. And it's directed by Rebecca McKendry, and it stars Ryan Quantin from True Blood. And uh, J.K. Simmons is the strange, omniscient voice coming from the stall's glory hole. And so I was just like, okay, I love Ryan Quantin because I did... Uh, like True Blood. I don't know why I continued to watch True Blood, but I loved it and I continued to watch it. And uh, I love J.K. Simmons, so I thought I'd give this a shot. This is a bizarre fucking movie. This is a bizarre fucking... Did everybody get a chance to watch this one? Uh Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, it's like... it, 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 This guy, Wes, goes to, like, this, this, this rest stop and, uh, he, it's it's like he's getting over a relationship. I didn't know if like she had if she had died or they had broke up, and and he's got these Polaroids, these pictures, and he's burning them in the right there in front of the the rest stop, and uh, and then he makes his way into the bathroom and starts hearing this voice of this guy talking to him as he's he, I, he had just got done puking or whatever, and. Uh, come to find out like, do, do we want to get into like the whole story and kind of spoil like some of like what kind of <laughs> i would say don't spoil this movie yeah i would not spoil it because not the I, I definitely not the ending then i'm gonna i'm gonna pass it off because i don't know how to tiptoe around this one jake talk to us about glorious yeah i actually loved this movie this movie was a very high taste it for me i thought jk simmons put on a voice acting clinic in this movie and was just fucking amazing like elevated what could be a very very cheesy movie into something else um it very much feels like an extended episode of black mirror like twilight zone or tales from the crypt or something like that um the only thing keeping this from being a Tupperware for me is I think less is more. And I think the movie would have worked the same, if not better, had we uh, seen a little bit less of what we saw in maybe the last 15 minutes. So some dodgy special effects. I get it was a low budget movie, but I think it worked so well without the special effects that they didn't really need that puncher at the end to to make the movie any better. It didn't elevate it in any way whatsoever. Um, if you have shutter though, this is a must fucking see it's an hour and 18, 19 minutes. And 
it flies by. I, I don't want to spoil anything whatsoever, but there it's funny. It's scary. It gave me anxiety. I had questions from the beginning of the movie until the end of the movie that were answered. Um, yeah, this is maybe the best original shutter movie I've ever seen. Oh God. The shutters actually like for a while, they were putting out some great stuff. Like I loved the, what was it? The zombie native American movie that they put out was fantastic. I can't remember the name oh, of yeah. it. That was so Something good. Blood. That was good. That was, that was a Tupperware. That was a fantastic movie. Um, I loved this too, Jake. I'm, uh, I'm with you. I'm going to give it a high taste. It. There was some stuff I think that they could have, uh, they could have left out. But I think the ending was so fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to spoil it, but I think the ending was so fucking brilliant. I actually loved it. Like I was just like, and if it wasn't for that ending, like the, it would have been a much lower rating. But it nails it. It like sticks the landing, and I was very satisfied with the ending. And J.K. Simmons does put on a clinic. He's so good in this. And uh, it's nice seeing Ryan Quanton back. I haven't seen him in anything in a long time. So um, I'm going to give it a high taste of it as well. Kevin, what did you think about Glorious? Yeah, uh, I'm completely Tupperwareing this movie. I absolutely love this. Um, this is, I, I love films like this. I mean, it, it's outrageous in some parts, it's unsettling in parts, it's humorous in parts. There's a lot of what the fuckness is going on here in this movie. Um, like I said, it's something right up my alley. Um, it's like existential horror, Lovecraftian in, in, in aspects, of course. Um, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, Ryan Quanton did excellent job. I mean, considering it's him and J.K. Simmons' voice the entire time, really, in this bathroom, um, I, it's only 80 minutes or so, 79, 80 minutes long. Um, I, but at it, it first JK's voice was, I mean, it's so recognizable. I mean, his voice that it did take me out of it just for a minute or two. And then, um, I got right back into it. And, and if I have to say, if you predicted the twist in this movie, I'm going to say you're lying to me. Um, because I didn't see that coming. I just don't see how anybody would see that coming. Um, but the bits of humor in the movie, again, landed for me. Camera work in this entire film was great, considering, again, it takes place within a, a bathroom, a stall. Um, and uh, with all of that said, um, again, I'm Tupper wearing this. I could watch this again and again and again and, and be like, OK, I still don't understand some parts of it. Yeah, I love the ending of the movie. And it, it's great. I mean, Shudder has put out a lot of good stuff. And the movie I think you were talking about earlier, the Native American movie, is Blood Quantum. That was really good yeah, yeah. as well. Um, but uh, uh, this is a high, 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 high recommend to watch this complete Tupperware. If you've got Shudder, watch this movie. 100%. I, I totally agree. I do the AMC Plus where it gives me all the AMC stuff and Shudder and IFC and Sundance. And I think it's a pretty fucking good deal. So, um, Steve, glorious. I mean, I'm going to, oddly enough, echo everybody's opinion. I'm a high taste it. I mean, and so much of the reason, again, it's all of y'all's reasons. I agree, uh, everyone, everything that you guys said. And a big, another reason that this is such an impressive film is because of how hard it was to pull off. Like, this being good 
was very difficult to do. Yeah. Because if I would have read this and it's in one place and this it's just a weird script that I would imagine would have soared over most people's heads. But she nailed it, man. This is a director I'm going to follow wherever they go because, wow, what a good movie this was. And it's funny because I was at a taste for a lot of this movie. Just as like, oh, it's so good. I, I'm enjoying it. There's a scene where he asks something of him and what the actor thinks he's asking for is what I thought he was asking for. And Same. Just, yes. Oh, my God. And the switch was so good. I'm like, well, no matter what happens in this movie, it's high tasting. I don't know how you fumbled the ball at this point. And sure enough, they didn't. Yeah. I said, this is such a fun freaking movie. And like, and J.K. Simmons just doing his thing. I love that he chose to do this small horror movie because his voice really makes a difference. It yeah. makes it dear. He has such a big presence in his voice. And again, it's just so often, sometimes Shudder is hit and miss, but I love what they're doing, giving these directors chances to do. Like, what other platform would have let somebody do this? Right. Like, not many. And the fact that they let them do this with their own vision, just fantastic. High taste it. Can't wait to see what this director does with their next film. I really love it. And again, echoing everything you guys said, if you have Shudder, and you were just going to pass over this because the the actual picture on the front of this DVD is very weird. I might just scroll past it. Oh, no. Watch this movie. You, you'd love it. There's a reason why we're not spoiling literally anything in this. And I mean, if 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 we get if we spoil one thing about this movie, it's it's going to change your experience while watching it. I guess what we are saying is if you have Shudder watch it. It's definitely worth it. It's it's a fantastic movie that sticks the fucking landing. Re- the director, Rebecca McKendry, nails it, brings out some great performances here from J.K. Simmons, and Ryan Quantin did a really good job in this movie as well. Um, I mean, Marvel should be looking at her as, like, the next Doctor Strange director or something, you know? I mean... Oh, dude! That is such a good point, bro! Right? Have you ever seen any of her other work no, I, I don't believe I have. Um, list off she some... worked on she worked on Tales of Halloween for from 2015, which is the anthology of all. I mean, Halloween I anthology love movie. That. Yes, and the one movie that I would highly, highly recommend is called All the Creatures Were Stirring, and it was put out probably five years ago. Hmm. It's an excellent like Christmas type movie, but it's a horror Christmas movie, okay. um, and it, it's really it's well done. And she she directed that. Um, so, I mean, she's got a good track record now with um, a couple of different movies and then this thing. Yeah, I, I, I really dug it, man. I couldn't believe how much I enjoyed this movie when it was over. <laughs> I was like, wow, that was same. Yeah, I was <laughs> I was kind of blown away. Um, Tech and Bloodline. This is uh, the based on the video game series. It's an animated series on Netflix. They dropped six episodes. Jin Kazama is a young martial artist living alone with his mother, June Kazama. Uh, when she is killed by the ancient demon ogre, Jin begins training under his grandfather, Haihachi Mishima. In order to become stronger, to draw out ogre, Jin competes alongside many others in the King of Iron Fist tournament, hoping to kill the demon and avenge his mother's death. And uh, I don't know how many episodes you guys watched. They're only like 25 to 30 minutes long. I finished it all off. Uh, I watched all six episodes of this series. 
Um, I'm a huge fan of the Tekken series. At least I was. I was addicted to the first game. I lo- Tekken 2 is probably my favorite. I played Tekken 2 all the time. And I always played as June. Um, and then uh, Tekken 3, I played a lot of that game in the arcade. Not on the home console. But um, I was a huge fan of the Tekken series back in the day. Um, Kevin, what did you think of uh, Tekken Bloodline? Oh, I, I'm not a big anime guy. I, I don't really watch a lot of them, but uh, I did grow up playing the early Tekken video games. Um, and I really, really liked the season. I watched all six episodes. I flew right through them in one sitting. I loved watching this, enjoyed the overall storyline. They seem to have stuck to, I mean, everything from the games that I could recall from specifically, I think, around Tekken 3. Um uh, great, a really good animation. I thought it was good dubbing. Um, I, it, it was a really fun watch. I, I thought the fights were a bit too quick in some aspects. I could have used more fighting. Could but we have we, seen yeah. the Kuma fight? Could they have given nah, us? The- I wrote that down. I needed to see Kuma in action. Thank you. I and I was like, why no panda either in the series? They keep I mean, teasing that there's going to be a fight with a bear, and we don't get to see it. Yes, and you don't get to see it. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, I wrote that down. We needed to see him in action. Yeah. Um, I I could have used more fighting overall, but what we got, I thought, was really well done, and I absolutely loved it. I love the intro to the show. I never skipped it. Um, I thought it was a pretty sick intro. Love the scoring and the music over it. I wish, I mean, I don't know what their plans are in the future regarding any further um, uh, story with this, but I hope they make some more like this. I really enjoyed it. And, I love I love uh, Paul drinking wine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, I loved, I mean, I loved a lot of this and or I loved pretty much everything that I saw. Um, but I really, one of the, one of the downfalls for me um, was not seeing Kuma in action. I mean, there was no, I mean, I don't even recall if they mentioned Panda in no, there they did as well. Like Yoshimitsu. I mean, some of these, some of these other characters that were around for that. I mean, specifically Tekken three, Tekken three, definitely um, Yoshimitsu. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they didn't really mention or even show. So, um, I, I mean, I give it a Tupperware. I would gladly watch more of this. I'm at a high tasted on this one. I thought the story was just so simple, and the but the and the fights were fun. I, I think the reason I'm giving it a high tasted is I really fe- I feel like I didn't get a sense of like how long Jin had been training with Hihachi, and I felt like the training montages weren't as good as I wanted them to be. Because that was a big part of like episode two was like his training, and I felt like his training. I really didn't, I I don't know. It's just like, they just did the simple thing of like, let's show him punching shit. And by the end of his training, when he's punching shit, it's just exploding now. And you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. his body type changes. So, you know, there was some passage of time. Yeah, it changes significantly. Yeah. Yeah. But the story was so simple enough, and they did keep it pretty faithful, I think, to the game from what I can remember. And I just had a fun time watching it. It's a high taste it for me, and I'll watch a season two. It's an easy watch. It's a fun watch. And these are characters that I loved playing in the video game, so it worked for me. Um, Steve, what did you think about Tekken Bloodline? Um, well, this is right up my alley because I like Baki and fighting cartoons, and I used to, or anime like that, and 
I used to watch, uh, play Tekken like you guys. I used to always play as uh, Paul Phoenix. And so, uh, which was kind of cheating at the time. Oh God, dude! You know that one, you dude, you know that one fucking combo, and you're fucking kicking oh, yeah, everybody's ass. Like, oh yeah, all day. It was kind of cheating playing it. Like if you really wanted to, you had to play with someone else that you really had to learn to play. Yeah. But with him, while learning to play, if you forget your combo, you could push buttons and beat somebody. Yeah. No and so, um, I gave this a high taste. It. While we were, I was waiting to record, I was just really just watching, watching, watching. And when it was time, I was like, ah, shoot, because I wanted to finish it. I got to, like, episode four. And what I really liked about their battle, what they did that was really smart for me, there were certain people who were going to fight. And I was like, I'm not really interested in that. And all of a sudden, it was like, well, here's the winner. And this person fought, and here's the winner. I'm like, yeah, thank you. Let's just get those out of the way, because I don't care. Let's, let's, they know who we want to see fight, except I guess y'all want to see Kuma. I wanted, I really to, see wanted Kuma. to see Kuma. Dude, fucking, I got to see fucking the Predator fight a bear in the Prey movie. I wanted to see dude I wanted to see dude fight a bear in, in, in Tekken Bloodline. I was not interested in that. In the, when I saw the people, they were like, all right, this person won. All right, this person won. All right, I'm like, thank you. Thank you. I do not want to see any of them. Let's move this on. Um, I actually was really satisfied with the training montage. When at the end he was like, you've been with me for four years. I'm like, yeah, that's all I need. I'm good. You know, it's a lot. It wasn't like they showed him punching a wall and then punching a wall a little longer. And then all of a sudden he's buff. They kind of let him. He kept on getting beat up. This is probably the most beating I've seen in a training montage. I don't think I've ever seen someone get their, the crap beat out of them this much. I was like, yeah. He got beat up so bad that during these fights, he still has bruises from, I'm assuming, getting beat up by Homeboy, Hayachi. And so I was like, okay, that was a fair training montage. So I, I'm just really like it. I can't wait to watch the rest of these episodes. I think they're going to be really fun. And it was way more entertaining than I thought that, than I thought they were going to be. So I'm going to give it a high taste, and I can't wait for a second season. With the training, I guess I just wanted like the Miyagi of it all. Like, why am I teaching you this? You know what I mean? So, oh, like, what's the point of me teaching you to hit a uh, wood? Yeah, like, like, why am I doing this? Like, this is this is the reason you're doing this. This is the reason you're doing that. Blah blah blah. Yeah. And this, you Some know, kind like, of payoff to that. That yes, makes sense. I'm with you. I mean, you know, because he had learned from his mother, and now he's learning a, a a new style. And I guess at the end of the day, we can just take it that he wanted to get him to where he needed to where he could probably draw out ogre. Mm-hmm. So I, I'll t- I'll take it, and it, it it really didn't take away too much enjoyment for me because I did love the series. I finished the fucking thing, so I loved it. And Steve, it sounds like you wanted to finish it. Jake, what did you think about Tekken Bloodline? Yeah, I liked it a ton more than I thought I would. I, I'm at a high taste it. I've seen the first three episodes so far. I'll probably watch the next three in one sitting in the next couple of days. Yeah, it's one of those things when I saw it on the list, I kind of groaned. I was like, oh, here we go, another bad video game adaptation. But yeah, I thought it was very faithful to the source material. Uh, it, it put me in that world. I really appreciated how quick they got to the tournament. It didn't feel like warp speed, but they got there a lot quicker than I thought they would. Yeah, I, I liked it. It's just six episodes. It, it kind of there's really no like fat. It's like all the meat. It seems like in this show. Um, man, this really made me want a Soul Calibur anime because that was honestly my <sighs> fighting game of choice. I love I Soul love- Calibur. I oh love gosh, Tekken too, but Tekken was kind of like Soul Calibur with training wheels to me. Like uh, Soul Calibur was that next fucking level. And to uh, to talk about what Steve was saying about cheating, I've always argued there's no such thing as cheating in fighting games. I 
if the player's so bad that they can't come up with a defense against it, that's their own fucking fault. I, I used to play Mortal Kombat, and if you sucked at Mortal Kombat and you would let me just sweep you nine times until you died because you didn't know how to block a sweep, then so fucking be it. Goodbye. Next quarter. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I can't wait to see the rest of this. Um, I, I, it sounds like they leave it open for a second season by the way you guys are talking. So, yeah, I hope this is popular. I hope we get a few seasons of this. I used um, to. I actually, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, read, I used to. I read be- online that they um, actually consulted professional Tekken players when it came to the fight scenes to make sure that they were authentic and felt like the video game. It and they did. Were just like doing animation. So, I think that's really cool, too. I, I think more video game adaptations should think about that when it comes to the source material and look to these professional players as to the type of things that fans would want to see. You could definitely see that played out. I, I, I really saw it when we got the fights with King and you could see like the wrestling moves and the way that oh, like, yeah. he would pick people up, maneuver them, kind of like crack their back and then slam them. I was like, man, this looks like it's from the video game. They're just animating it, man. Even the sounds sounded just like, you know the the tech and video games and it, it it really felt like all the characters they adapted the moves really well uh, i was going to say it changes the perspective sometimes yeah in regards to actually fighting back and forth i agree i was going to say soul caliber i used to be able to play i can't remember the character's name but i used to be able to play one character and beat the entire game if you were just playing against the computer i used to be able to beat the entire game on one fucking quarter you, you were a Volvo guy, you fucking freak. I know you were. It, no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was the, it was the girl. I can't remember her name. Uh, Taki? Was that one? No, it was the girl she with the She was the, the one armor. with the size. Okay. No, it was definitely. You like the girl with the staff. It was somebody, somebody had a sword. I can't remember. I can't oh, remember. I love that character, too. I can't remember her name, either. Let's jump into. Uh, got two things left. Can, can we can we break real quick? Oh, we got two things left, man. I thought we were gonna make oh, it. Oh my god, I drank too much coffee, dude. I got to pee. Jesus Christ! All right, we'll be right back. Hi, I sound like Morgan Freeman. I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon. It's just so easy. I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers. No. I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame. And I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here too one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day you too will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis and shitting your body weight and Dan and yogurt. And the next thing you know, you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying, holy shit, that freckled face fucker was right. Anyway... The whole point of this is to tell you that PopCultureLeftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link. What that means is when you click on the link from their website, it helps the show. It doesn't charge you extra at all. You just shop like you regularly would, and Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient, just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth. All right, hey, we are back, and uh, we're going to be talking about Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers. This is a documentary that's on, on Hulu. Are they, they're dropping this weekly, correct? Yes. Because I only got to watch the first episode. 
Oh, I saw two. No, two, two. Yeah. They dropped two. Yeah, I'm I sorry. Two. Yeah, I saw two. I did. I, I did get to see two episodes. It's uh, um, So basically, uh, HBO Max had uh, Winning Time come out, which is based on a book. And, and uh, n- most of the L.A. Lakers organization was not involved in that project. And a lot of people like, were refusing to watch it, Magic Johnson being one of them. And a lot of people express like uh, their displeasure over it and how how it's not accurate. And so I feel like this is kind of like uh, kind of like honestly, I feel like this is kind of like Hulu's answer to uh, uh, to that in a way, winning time. And also, it's basically their answer to um, the uh, uh, the the Chicago Bulls documentary that came out that everybody was raving over oh last dance yeah the last dance and i feel like they're wanting to i I think with the popularity of like these basketball documentaries these uh, i think that they're wanting to get this story out there um an expansive story about the lakers organization and so um it's a yeah 10-part documentary series chronicles the extraordinary story from the inside told by Uh, told only by people who lived it. Uh, When charismatic real estate tycoon Dr. Jerry Buss purchased the Los Angeles Lakers in a wildly risky and complex business deal, nobody could have predicted just how much success was to come. Kicking off the Showtime era in 1979, the notorious L.A. playboy pioneered the business of basketball. He raised the price of floor seats, introduced dancers in a live band, opened an exclusive private club inside the arena, and cultivated famous fans in Hollywood. Over the last 40 years, the team has captured 11 titles and retired the jerseys of some of the NBA's most legendary players. It feels like this is going to go all the way through, you know, up until the current Lakers team and the way it exists now. Um, Probably, I'm looking forward to, I'm loving what they're starting with here, starting with, you know, uh, Jerry Buss buying the, buying the team, being lucky enough to get that first pick in the draft, get Magic Johnson to be part of that team, win that championship that first year, and then uh, go on from there and uh, show like their battles with, uh, with Boston. Um, you know, Magic threatening to leave the team. They get into that quite a bit. Uh, I, I, I think the production value on this is great. I, I, it's not quite... I'm I'm a bigger Bulls fan, so I'm always going to be a little bit more connected to the Last Dance. But I think that this is this is really good. This is phenomenal. I'm I'm looking forward to them getting into like the uh, the Kobe and Shaq years too, and how those two big personalities on the same team how they were so different, but then had to work together to win championships, and then how you know Shaq eventually leaves, and can Kobe take this team to the next level on his own and i'm looking forward to that just the fact that the lakers i mean they haven't even gotten to that the fact that the lakers were able to grab kobe traded fucking what was it uh was it vladi divots for the number eight pick and they got it from charlotte and they got kobe i mean think about yeah. that yeah, think about nuts, dude. think about it right think about that man for kobe for vladi divots and i'm not saying vladi was like a slouch or anything <laughs> but you know, is serviceable center, but it's Kobe for Vladi. I can't wait for them to get into that. How did you wheel and deal that? You know, so. But um, the, based on the first two episodes, I'm at a Tupperware for this. Steve, I know you are a huge Lakers fan. 
Come on, man. Come on. You already know my you already know what my freaking rating's gonna be. Absolutely. And now Absolutely. I got a I got a question for you though. Did yes. you yes. as a huge Lakers fan, did you boycott winning time? Um, I did not watch it. I did not, yes. It makes as sense. Soon as Magic said no, I'm like, well, I guess it's no for all of us. Hey. <laughs> I, I sent up the bat signal. It's like, hey, by the way, magic is spoken. I have nothing but respect for that answer, dude. Because like, if it was like uh, on the on the flip side, it was something that was you know tearing down the bulls in a certain way. I would not be watching it unless it's tearing down. Not. Unless it's tearing down Jerry Krause, I'm not watching it. So. <laughs> <laughs> But I get it. No, talk to me, man. As a huge Lakers dude, fan, dude. I. The funny thing is, I thought of myself as a huge Laker fan, and then I watched this documentary. And I'm like, I knew nothing. I knew nothing. I did not know that the Lakers were the first ones to have the Laker girl thing. I had no idea, dude. I was like, oh, I thought every team was doing this thing. It's like, nope. He's the one that started that. I mean, he. What Bus did with not only the Lakers, but with the forum, it's a game chain. Everything changed. And I think a lot of it was linked to Magic Johnson joining that team. Everything was just different at that point. And that is linked to a random flip of a coin, dude. I'm like, you see how much stuff could have been different if it just would have been heads instead of tails. Oh yeah. Everything changed. That's so baffling to me. And, um, I'm definitely sensing, like right now, I'm like, oh, this is so fun. I've noticed the brothers and sisters aren't like doing interviews in the same room or anything. And I'm like, wait a minute. There's some drama going on here. I can't wait for them to break that down because you can see how Bus is kind of grooming his daughter to be the one. And I just, I was like, I can't wait to, and they're, they're juggling all these different topics and doing it amazingly. And they have all the important voices to, to actually give their, uh, you know, the interviews from, like, freaking Michael Cooper, Nixon, uh, uh, Magic, Kareem, like, everyone that was there James was talking about James uh, Worthy. James Worthy? Yeah. Like, oh, my, the, oh, your buddy. You know, your, your buddy, right? I hung out with James Worthy. <laughs> it's true, man. Your buddy. I, I, fucking, I, <laughs> I fucking won a contest back in 2005 where I got to go to Las Vegas and watch the Final Four with James Worthy, and I got to sit on a couch with James Worthy and watch the Final Four. So Dude was crazy. super nice. fucking cool. My dad was a huge Lakers fan, and so while I was there, I back. this is 2005, I had a fucking Sprint flip phone. And I said, I, I, I was like, uh, I was like, Mr. Worthy, uh, my dad's a huge fan. Uh, could you sign a basketball and put his name on it? And um, can I call him and can you talk to him real quick? And he was more than willing to do that. And him and my dad wow. talked on the phone for about 10 minutes. And this is a story that my dad still talks about to this day. I remember my dad, my mom was telling me that, you know, he'd come back home from work and how he, you know, while he was at work, he was telling all the guys that he worked with that he got to talk to James Worthy and that, you know, uh, and, and he's got a signed ball with his name on it. And, and James Worthy signed all this shit for us, man. I got a signed LA Lakers hat. Uh, I got signed basketball cards, eight by tens. I still have Come all this on, stuff. Come on, dude. He was so super nice and so super gracious. And uh, it's one of those things that my dad still remembers to this day. They talked on the phone for like 10 minutes. He was laughing. Um, my dad was loving it. It was it was very cool to be able to be a part of that 
you know, because like that's one thing that me and my dad, we haven't connected on everything in my life. But one thing we could always connect on with is pop culture stuff and basketball. And so it was it was uh, it was it was an incredible moment for me. So, yeah, That's beautiful, dude. Now, how did you guys live in the same house with a Laker fan and a Bulls fan? Oh, see, that's the thing. When Michael came around, my dad switched sides. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I like Steve's anger. I know, dude. My dad switched oh. sides. My dad switched sides. My dad switched sides. My dad is my dad was a Bulls fan. Um, he's he's not so much these days. He's more of a college. He 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 watches his fighting Illini. But um, but yeah, for the longest time it was we, we were we were all a Bulls family except for my sister who was an Orlando Magic fan. So that's where the rivalry came in. That's fair. Yeah. Good look. Can you can you call him right now so I can talk for? <laughs> yeah, I'm scared to say these guys need a ten minute combo. Hey, oh, we would have the greatest conversation. I'd be like, what did you do? Hey, Dad, what I did I, you do? I don't have James Worthy on the phone this time, but I do. <laughs> I do have Steve Hudson, the gentleman, who's going to give you a gentleman ass chewing right now. Oh, dude. Oh, gosh. But, yeah, I mean, dude, it was so beautiful to see them talk about how, and, you know, anyone who's a basketball fan like yourself, they're talking about their defense, the specifics of their defense. You're like, oh, this is just wonderful, man. Like, I, I didn't know that all it took was, you know, Magic saying, I will leave because this defense is trash and our offense is trash. They're like, okay, we'll fire the coach. I said, I, okay, I'm a, I'm a Laker fan, but apparently I'm not a Lakers fan because I didn't know any of this stuff. I give this a Tupperware all day, all night. I love this. Can't wait for the next episode. Dude, that coin flip, you know, it's like I think to myself, like, man, what it would have been like to have Magic Johnson on the Bulls but on the flip side, I'm glad that things happened the way that they did. If we would have had Magic, we, and we never would have been a contender to get Michael Jordan in the, in the 1984 draft. It just wouldn't have happened. And, and dude, those, those Laker Bulls, Detroit. Yeah. So those years were like, no one left their houses. No. People don't understand how serious it was. People were glued to the television watching these playoff games and these finals. Oh, think of like, oh, fucking man. Bulls, Knicks, Indiana Knicks, man. I mean, think about the, the Pacers, Knicks games, Bulls, Jeez. Knicks games. I mean, Orlando Bulls. I, I, I used to love, man, the NBA. I'm telling you, uh, you know, back when you had like Ewing and Barkley and J- oh, Barkley and Jordan, Anthony Mason. Like, yeah, that would just beat you up. Yeah. Didn't Anthony Mason die? He did pass away. He sure did. Man. Remember when he, he would shoot the free throws with the one hand? Oh, dude. He was so <laughs> he was he was only there to beat people up. Dude, him and Charles Oakley were bruisers. <laughs> I mean, Oakley. super bruisers. And they were massive people. Like people forget how huge they were because they were around. They were around Ewing all at the time. You're like, oh, they don't look yeah. that big. Yeah. To the normal human being. Yeah. They were huge, dude. I, I, back in 2002, I went to the Chicago Bulls luncheon, and I got to meet a bunch of players. I met Bill Wennington. And oh, I'm telling you, dude, I was standing next to a seven-footer, and I was just like, this, this is insane. This guy is so – he gave me a high five too, man. It was like one of the crowning moments oh, my of my <laughs> life. I got a high five from fucking Did Bill you have Wennington. To jump? <laughs> oh no! I threw my, I put my hand up, and his hand went down. <laughs> oh 
he was so awesome. He gave me a high five because I was there with my ex-girlfriend and I said she was a Sixers fan, but now she's a Bulls fan. And he's like, yes. And he gave me a high five. And uh, oh, Bill was on, Bill man. was awesome. He was a, he was a cool guy. But... You got to meet a bunch of NBA players, dude. Yeah, I've got I, I I've gotten to meet quite a few NBA players over my time. I remember I was in Dallas, um, and uh, no, I was excuse me, not Dallas. I was in San Antonio, and the Mavericks were in town, and I was standing out in front of a hotel because they were waiting for the players to get on the bus. And uh, I couldn't stand around all day, but uh, Gigi Wang, if you remember him, he was like seven foot. Yeah, seven yeah. or something. He was like seven. He was like seven foot two, seven foot three. He yeah. he walked out and got on the bus. I had never seen a human being that tall before in my life. You're like Jesus. <laughs> which makes you. Which makes now you can understand why Shaq was so intimidating. Yeah, he had all that weight on him walking around like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Jeez, dude. What what wonderful year. I just I just it makes me want to rewind. Watching this was like. Dang, I miss those years, mm-hmm. man. I do, I really do, man. I, I, you know, I still watch my Bulls, but it's not like it used to be back in the day. Kevin, what do you think about Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers? Oh, man, this absolute Tupperware after two episodes. Um, I'm a huge basketball fan. I, I, I eat anything up that's basketball documentary-wise as well. I did watch Winning Time. Uh, I enjoyed it for what it was. I mean, it was a dramatization. A lot of it was fictional, of course. They did mess up a lot of different things. Even um, historically, they messed up several things. I don't know why. Um, But uh, this is obviously going to be more factual than winning time. Of course, it's interviews with players, a lot of them. But I'm telling you, though, I really dig it when when they pull these older players Guys like Michael Cooper, I mean, Steve already brought him up. Michael Cooper, I could listen to Michael Cooper talk all damn day. I mean, just he does not care. He will talk it. He will tell you how it is. Um, I love listening to Larry Bird recount a lot of these stories as well, because I grew up a huge Larry Bird fan. Um, I was a big fan. I was I grew up in Michigan at that time when I was younger in the the late 80s, early 90s. So big fan of the bad boys era of Pistons. And but when I moved down to Southern Indiana, it became a really, I mean, Larry Bird from Southern Indiana, when his high school was, was a rival of ours. I mean, there's a big picture in, of him in the gym that we would play in all the time down in Springs Valley. Um, so I became a huge fan of him as well in my teenage years. Um, and I love listening to him just like trash talk and talk shit about the other side. Um, but they tell these players tell it like it really is. Um, they 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 hold nothing back. So again, after all of this, I cannot wait to see where this goes, um, like how current they will get. Um, will they go over the Kobe Shaq stuff? Will they, I mean, how current will they get? Um, so I'm definitely going to continue watching this. Absolute Tupperware for me. Um, cannot wait for any more episodes. I, I can't imagine that they won't get to Kobe Shaq. I mean, with 10 episodes, I can't imagine that they're just not going to go over, like, all these championships. So I would I would hope. Yeah. I mean, I would hope that they, I mean, they get through the 80s into the 90s um, and then even into um, 
the 2000s and I mean with Kobe check and everything. I so. hope I definitely want them to get into like when when Magic came back after the retirement yes. and like I think they would have to. D- I mean, I mean think about I can't gloss over. Wasn't it like didn't they have like didn't they just have like I remember Nick Van Exel wasn't he on the team back then? Sure was. Nick Van oh, Exel yeah. and wasn't it like Rick Fox was on the team maybe? <laughs> sounds right. Yeah. Sounds right. <laughs> Yeah, I think Vladdy was on the team at that time. Yeah. That's so funny. I forgot about Rick Fox. Rick Fox. Man, wasn't he on Hang Time? Dude, I told him. Hang Time? Yeah. uh, I think he did make an appearance on there. That was uh, uh, Reggie Theus for a while. Oh, that was Reggie Theus. Then they went went Dick Buckus. That's right. Yeah. Jesus. Okay. Yeah, man. Rick Rick Fox, I always thought, I was like, he looks like an actor. Yes. He's playing basketball. Is he still married to Vanessa Williams? I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it too. <laughs> I seriously doubt it. I remember when they were. I'm not going to Google and just say no. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm Googling right now. I'm Googling just, right now because I got to know now. On a side note, uh, uh, Brian, did you hear what Jimmy Buss said about the best player of all time? No. She said Michael Jordan, dude. Really? How, how do you say that from. It's the truth, though. <laughs> yeah, you, can't, you, can't, you can't get away with you can't get away from the truth. I mean, honestly. But Jerry Buss would never have said. No way would he have said anything like that, even if it were the truth. He's like, you think I'm gonna say someone other than a Laker player? Have yeah. you lost your mind? Yeah. He would have been like Nick Van Exel, best ever. <laughs> you would. Vanessa Williams and him divorced in 2004. Okay, well, of, course, of course. And then he dated uh-huh. he dated Eliza Dushku for probably five or six years. Oh my god, I, I didn't know that. that. I do remember that. Wow. Okay, Jake. When, when you're go ahead. I was just going to ask Jake what he thought of this. Yeah, I love this. This was this was the only thing I Tupperware this week. Um, when I when I started watching this, I had no other intention but to watch one episode of this and move on to the next thing um i just instantly started the second episode i, I had to if there would have been four episodes of this i would have watched all four episodes oh, yeah. uh, this was one of the only things that was available the first three four days of the podcasting week and yeah i would have ate up as much of this as they gave me i i was really um blown away by the presentation i loved how much actual footage from games and interviews and old ABC sports shows and that kind of stuff they used here. It really brought me into the era. And um, much like Steve, I mean, I'm not this diehard Laker fan by any means, but I did not realize all the innovation that came from this team and that all of it came in one season. It's like the fucking Beatles of basketball, how much they fucking changed the scene just in one fucking year. I, that was just so crazy to me. I, I thought it was it was very funny. It was very poignant. Um, I was cracking up at the Laker girl stuff, and I forget the player's name, but he was charged 50 bucks for being distracted by looking at the Laker girl. That was, so that was, <laughs> that was John Spider Sally. <laughs> I thought that was a hilarious anecdote. Was um, I was really like – how it came to be who their coach eventually became. I didn't know any of that story, like the possible like mob interference that happened to the guy that they were going to have. <laughs> Jerry like, Tarkanian. <laughs> yeah, that, that was wild to me. I, I thought the coach that got fired and how humble he was in the current interviews was super interesting. It, it, it gave me a lot of respect for that guy. Like he didn't double down on, on the way he was then. He seems to accept 
the things he did wrong back then and has come to terms with it. And I think it takes a very strong, intelligent man to look back and not admit fault and to accept the fault as your own. And I, I thought that showed a lot of character from, from him. And yeah, I honestly, this is one of those things where I, I would rather wait and watch two or three episodes at a time of this show. Like I, a week is just not enough. This, this was so good. It definitely for the first time, I think I really need to get on Netflix and watch the Bulls one. I'm like, because that's a team I actually cared about as a child. Oh god, and I still haven't watched that. So it's the best, in my opinion, it's the best of these documentaries, these basketball documentaries. It is it's really good. It's really good, dude. There's no getting around. Like it was, it's so good. I hate Michael Jordan, but it's so good. <laughs> I'm just like, it's like, God, God, that cat was good, man. Like I hate him, and I'm like, man, he was good. Because I forget, you like you remember, but like, oh, this dude, and then he just sinks the shots. I'm like, yeah, he was just, <laughs> he was incredible. What am I gonna do? He was the fucking man, dude. Oh my god, yep. yeah, I remember watching. Hey, what do you guys think about? Uh, do you think Pat Riley really inspired mob looks in movies? Yeah, they were talking about that. How his slick yeah. back hair. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. I believe it. There's probably a little give and take. I mean, he probably, I mean, he was popular at the time. It was a popular look. People started emulating him. See it in the movies. I mean, wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, I mean, he was very famous. The team was, I mean, so popular. I I believe it. John Spider Sally, Jake, you mentioned him. He won championships with three different teams. Bulls. Lakers and Pistons. I think is there one player that's won more championships with different teams? Doesn't he have the most ever? I think Robert Ori might be. Oh. You're totally right. I think Robert Robert Ori won six championships and he might have won them with different more different teams. But I can't remember. I know he won with Rockets, San Antonio, Lakers. Hmm, I can't think of another team that he won with. Uh, this, um, looking up, it says Ori is one of only four players to have won NBA championships with three teams. Yeah, three teams. And I believed I named them. Yes, Rockets, Lakers, Spurs. Yeah, yep, yep. Man, that guy. Oh, my God. He he was instrumental. Him and uh, Sam Cassell. Him and Sam Cassell were instrumental in that Houston Rockets. I mean, he's clutch, G. One thing Ori is, is clutch. Yes, bro. yes, <laughs> yes. He hits those he big shots. Out. Yeah, man. Sam Cassell, the alien. We were so mean. <laughs> Sam Cassell, he did. That. He looked like E.T. He e. looked like it, though. He looked terrible. I mean, I know, he looked that, like it. Looking e. back, it was mean. I was like, it was, I just, we were just walking around. Short gray, gray. I remember I, I, <laughs> I work with a dude, and he said, you know, he's like, Popeye Jones looks like Shrek. <laughs> I was like, oh my. <laughs> true. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't get it out of my head. Every time I watched Popeye Jones play, I, I kept thinking about Shrek. That's so funny. <laughs> you hear that stupid All Star song playing? Oh God, yeah, it's fucking Smash Mouth. Jesus. Anyway, uh, let's talk about the last thing in Go Pop Bad Pop is look both ways. Uh, this is uh, on the eve of her college graduation. Natalie's life diverges into two parallel realities: one in which she becomes pregnant and must navigate motherhood as a young adult in her Texas hometown; the other in which she moves to LA to pursue her career. And um, 
It's directed by Winuri Kahayu and written by April Prosser. Stars Lily Reinhart, Luke Wilson, Andrea Savage, Danny Ramirez, Nia Long. Um, yeah, this is it's kind of like a very interesting romance comedy um, because there's this you got a girl and she's in college and uh, she's really good friends with this with this guy who's a drummer and there's a moment where as friends they hook up and so there's this there's this moment when she's at the toilet and she's puking and her friend gives her a pregnancy test and from that moment the story splits off into two different stories one reality where she has a baby and then the other reality we get to see her life play out where she isn't pregnant and she gets to pursue her career as like an animator and um i th- it was an interesting concept i think like i did kind of st- like when her hairstyle started going from short to long and it went back and forth i started to forget like which story we were in at some time <laughs> sometimes <laughs> and um uh, but I thought it was an interesting, I'm going to give it a taste it because it held my attention. Um, I was hoping though, that the ending would have been both versions of her crossing the street and they both get hit by a truck. And then the title card look both ways comes up. That would have been better. <laughs> <laughs> and I would have been like, that's brilliant. But I, I, I thought it was fine. It was just just one of those kind of uh, like an experimental rom com, and it, it was a taste it for me. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. Um, I think the the main actress in this, the main actor, she reminded me of like Brittany Murphy with a lot less talent. Um, yeah, it was Betty from Riverdale, right? It, oh, that's who it is. Yeah, okay. Now that makes sense. I only watched like the first couple seasons of Riverdale, and then I kind of forgot about that show. But uh, yeah, Jake, it sounds like you hated this. <laughs> I did hate this. Um, I thought it was a very blatant ripoff of the uh, '90s movie Sliding Doors with Gwyneth Paltrow. Have you ever seen that movie? It's oh, basically. Snap! It's basically the exact same conceit, except that movie has a very interesting ending and way of dealing with the the conceit that they've built. Where I thought this movie had a very uninteresting way of dealing with the conceit they'd built. Really, the only thing that kept me watching this was seeing how they brought it all together at the end. And I thought they dropped the ball so hard that I just did not care at all. I, I really didn't see the point or the moral of this movie, I I guess if I dig deep, it's that like, no matter what you choose, there's good and bad things that will come from it, which is a very pointless moral to me. I, I I don't know. I, I couldn't stand this movie. I thought the acting was, was fine. It wasn't a case of bad acting in any way, but I don't know, just the blatant ripoff of a conceit of another movie and not really doing anything new or interesting with it i i just didn't like this movie at all i've never seen that other movie you're talking about um but i kept thinking like yeah what is the moral of this movie is it abstinence but like they were trying to like he used a condom i don't know i was like i was trying to figure that out too like it was very wishy-washy yeah yeah kevin what do you think about look both ways Oh man, <laughs> I'm obviously not the target audience for these sorts of movies, and I, at least, I don't think so. Um, but 
I'd be lying if I wouldn't give this a decent rating. Um, I'm going to taste this. Um, it's an, I mean, number one, it's an interesting way to tell a story with the presentation of a life gone in two different paths. Um, I was, I, at first I didn't like the presentation of going back and forth and presenting both lines, the, um, at the same time, essentially, I mean, you morph from one to the other, to the next, to the next. Um, uh, I, I found the story interesting. And I, again, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, maybe I was caught up in my feels when I watched the movie, but um, I, I really liked the last scene or two to end the movie as well. Um, I mean, our lives are weird. I mean, anything can happen. And in the end, you'll be okay. I mean, really. I mean, things tend to work themselves out just in different ways. Uh, so, I mean, I taste it. I'd probably never watch it again, but I enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah, it's nothing that I'd ever watch again. I agree with you there. Steve, what do you think of Look Both Ways? I would give, oh, man, it is toggling between low taste it and toss it. Uh, <laughs> it's like toggling, dude, because no one actually did a terrible job. But it's like... Just like uh, Jake said, like, what are you saying with this movie? Like, you're saying, hey, if you do this or do this, life is awesome. We're all awesome and awesome, awesome and awesome. I'm like, okay, I got you. But, like, there are consequences to what happens. Like, give me something. Like, no, no matter what, life is hard, and then you move on. And I'm like, well, that's just boring. Now we're just, we're in boring town. Like, yeah, we know that, but what? Then don't even make this movie. If you have nothing interesting to say, don't even make this movie. And then you have one, one situation where this girl dogs the guy, the guy goes off, gets engaged, and then later on, just is like, yeah, I was just a terrible person because I got with her and she wasn't used to where I dumped her. And she's like, awesome. I'm like, okay, none of these people are good then. Why am I watching this? This, this is terrible what you did. This is not good. And so as when the movie ended and it's like everyone lived happily ever after, I almost wanted to kick my TV. You know what? It's a toss it. Nope. That's what it is. <laughs> I also want to. I also want to add. I also want to add spoilers for look both ways. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, the thing is, you can write this movie. You know what? Here's the problem. I won't say you can write this movie because if you wrote this movie, it would have ended better. Whatever you think would happen in a movie like this, they did not do that. They did worse. I promise you. They <laughs> Agree, did worse. Agreed. You think you know what's going to happen, and you say that's corny. No, your corny ending is better than the ending that they actually tacked on to this freaking movie. And I was like, man, this is just bad because I talked myself into a toss it right now because I'm like, this just <laughs> is not a good movie. I was going to try to talk you into it if you wouldn't have talked yourself into it. (laughs) See, anytime you're teetering towards a toss-it, to me, that is a toss-it. If you have any kind of toss-it feelings in your body, then that's a toss-it. For real. I think Steve has talked me into a low taste-it now. Damn it! I was gonna Damn ask. It. I was gonna ask you, Kevin, uh, like on the next Valentine's Day, if you wanted to watch Look Both Ways with me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would. I also want to point out that I think that the uh, actor Danny Ramirez looks like uh, John Bernthal if he was younger and happy. <laughs> younger, yeah. I like the addition of and happy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see John Bernthal smile a lot. I'll just say no. That that, that really sold the comparison. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, let's jump into uh, the pop culture leftovers news. All right. Uh, news from Variety. Paramount plans Ferris Bueller spinoff. Paramount Pictures is getting ready to revisit Ferris Bueller's Day Off. A spinoff of John Hughes' beloved teen comedy is in the works at the studio with the creators of Cobra Kai producing. Uh, titled Sam and Victor's Day Off. The film is a side story that focuses on the characters on the same day as Ferris, Cameron, and Sloan skip school in the 86 flick. In the original film, Sam and Victor were valets who took Cameron's father's red Ferrari on a joyride. The characters went unnamed in the original film and were portrayed by Richard Edson and the late Larry Flash Jenkins. And so, yeah, we're getting a spinoff titled Sam and Victor's Day Off. And it's going to focus around the two valets that go around in Cameron's dad's car, like a side story here. I feel like this is pretty unnecessary, even though it's got like the, you know, some of the team here from the Cobra Kai, and I've enjoyed that. I just think this is pretty unnecessary and a kind of a stupid cash grab. You know that they're going to work ferris bueller into the title somewhere right yeah for sure i i smell some like forrest gumping too where they like somehow we're gonna see parts from the original movie as these characters are doing whatever they're doing yeah they're gonna be driving around and i don't know how I don't, i'd have to watch the movie again but maybe we'll see that fucking dunk shane parade or something i don't know yeah yeah i was thinking of the parade myself yeah um, yeah this sounds completely needless and terrible i guess it's a slightly better idea than completely rebooting Ferris Bueller. I think my body instantly rejects that idea and I want to vomit when I hear it. So I, I don't feel that way when you read this news, but it's still completely needless. Yeah. Is this a movie? Yeah. <laughs> Two hours have been. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> creativity in Hollywood. Creativity I'm going to give Hollywood. it a toss it right now. <laughs> it's a pre toss it. Steve's on a roll. I don't even know how you would reboot Ferris Bueller in modern times. Well, this isn't the only. This isn't what? Ferris Bueller. I, I know, but yeah. I, we we're talking about what Jake's saying something about rebooting something potentially. I'm like, how would you even reboot that? I mean, wasn't part of that premise intercepting phone call, if I recall correctly, or something? Or am I missing? Oh. Am I the answer? Something else. The answer is drones. <laughs> It's always drones. It's always drones. It's 2022. Throw in some drones. <laughs> yeah, it's dumb. I mean, this 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 idea of, I mean, it's not everything needs a spinoff. Things can be left alone forever. Can we not leave John Hughes mu- movies alone? Like they're already yeah. now they're planning on rebooting. Weren't they planning on rebooting Planes, Trains and Automobiles with Kevin Hart and The Rock or something? Dumbest oh, idea ever. Jesus, idea. leave it alone. And also like these two creators that are going from Cobra Kai to Ferris Bueller, like the next time they go to a pitch meeting, the guys are going to be like, don't tell me it's going to be a reboot, right? You're going to reboot something. What's, what's, what is it? Yeah. How many <laughs> reboots do you want to do? Is that what you want to be known for? This like, is, I would imagine you'd go from Cobra Kai to something else. This is I wouldn't even call this a reboot. This is a reimagining. This is like the side story. We're going to get to see the side story of Sam and Victor played out. 
but seriously, like, who asked for that? No one. I mean, yeah, no I mean, one. Who brought? I mean, how do you even come up with that idea? Of all the good ideas you could come up with, I mean, this would be like eleven thousand four hundred ninety-two on the list. Do we blame it be in the good idea section? Do we blame Top Gun Maverick? This is Paramount. Oh. I've no, Maverick's no, been no. in the been in the works forever and a day. Yes, but look, they're like, okay, we're revisiting something thirty-eight years later, and look how it took off. What else do mm. we have that we can bring back? Well, we 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 don't want to do Ferris's kids, but maybe we could just do this side story. I got a fun idea for Sam and Victor here. And <laughs> and here stupid Cobra like Cat. this is stupid like this has been ha- stuff like this has been happening. I mean, they redid Footloose, they redid this, they redid another movie, they redid that. They I mean, I I mean, I think for a long time in Hollywood it's been reboot, 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 reimagine, redo. Well, and last I week think, we talked about Roadhouse being uh, rebooted yeah, with Jake Gyllenhaal, Doug Mass idea. Well, I, I feel like I feel like right now studios are looking at Top Gun Maverick as like, oh my god, they hadn't made a Top Gun movie in thirty eight fucking years, and look what this movie's doing. Like it came in number two at the box office last week. This is like thirteen weeks in, guys. This is insane, and they're like, what can we pull? from our old catalogs here and bring stuff back because this is clearly working. We can, not everybody can be a Marvel studios and put out like a different superhero movie. That's going to just blow up the box office. Okay. What's working right now. Oh, Top Gun Maverick work. What else can we fucking do? Let's do a Ferris Bueller spinoff. I don't know guys. I'm trying to get in the head of these studios and what they're thinking. Cause this is ridiculous. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing Kevin said, honestly, that this this is a thing that's been happening for long since Top Gun. But, yeah, I think you're onto something, too, Brian, where it was such a big hit that they're looking to recreate that somehow. I'm surprised they're not bringing Iron Eagle back at this point. Is Louis Gossett Jr. still alive? Yeah, yeah. Let's get him on the phone right now. We need money. Let's do Diggs. Let's do Diggs Town, too. Probably would have been a better story for Top Gun Maverick, actually, because... That would have been the uh, Air Force in that movie, right? Air Force would have got that. Never mind. Don't don't listen to me. Oh, Kevin, I'm I, I'm not, I, I was not going to edit anything out of this episode, but that <laughs> you, <laughs> I didn't quite understand what you were saying. Were you saying the Iron Eagle sequel would have been better than Top Gun Maverick? Iron Eagle, the 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 mission that was in Top Gun Maverick would actually been better suited for the Air Force and not the Navy. So this the Top Gun Maverick actual mission would have been actually a better Iron Eagle 2 or reboot mission. Now that I understand what you said, I hate it even more, Kevin. It's worse. Yeah, yeah. it's true, though. It's true. <laughs> Air Force would get that mission well before the Navy would. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I told you don't listen to me, Kevin. I told you don't listen to me, Kevin. Uh, Kevin, where can people find you? <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, can you find the mute button? <laughs> Kevin, I w- I wish you could reboot your previous statement. You know. <laughs> <laughs> can we get Kevin's ballet on this podcast instead? <laughs> oh man, Kevin, I wish you would have taken a day off. Wow. <laughs> oh, I think we're out, Jake. I think we're out of jokes. 
at, mm. at Kevin's expense. <laughs> Give it time. <laughs> Just let Kevin talk again and we'll have more material. <laughs> yeah, come on, Kevin. Keep it coming. <laughs> You're a fucking well, brother. Come on, do it. I'm going on mute. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh. All right, Kevin, come back. I'm going to go cry in the corner. Thank you. Oh, man. I want to. Jeez, why do I always. You guys may need to get together sooner than Valentine's Day for this look both ways watching. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Kevin, you could look both ways. You could have one scenario where you don't say the stupid fucking thing that you just said. (laughs) I will go to my deathbed. I am correct. Oh, man. Anyway, yeah, so it's it's a dumb idea. Let's not let's not the this this is a stupid movie. Do we think that this will actually get made? Uh, yes. 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 Yeah. <laughs> it, oh, right now, the people from Cobra Kai have a lot of pool, dude. That's true. That is true. Yeah. People still get so hyped for Ferris Bueller too. I remember when they did the Super Bowl commercial, people were fucking losing their minds. I, I love that movie. Oh, I, I love it too. I'm just surprised that like people seem interested in seeing more from it instead of just watching the classic again. Yeah. I mean, do younger people know Ferris Bueller? I don't know. I mean, is it, is this more geared towards, I mean, people of our age? Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Yes. Yeah, for sure. It's, I mean, even the, the trick that he used to fake out his parents, it's going to look ridiculous to kids right now. They're going to (laughs) be like, we're already out. Like we're, this is over. We're done. So yeah, it's for us, dude. It's it's stuff for us. Hmm. But if it's for us, who's asking for it? The same people that asked for Cobra Kai. <laughs> Where were the ones watching Cobra Kai, dog? And that's a lot of money on Netflix. Let's jump into let's jump into Marvel news because I I'm <laughs> I'm. Sp- Kevin broke my brain with his Iron Eagle <laughs> shit. <laughs> I did something good today. Marvel news. All right. Uh, this week we have a ton of Marvel rumors from all over. This section was going to be much bigger. Originally, I had spent, Jake, I kid you not, I had spent like an hour doing Marvel news. Earlier in the week, somebody had posted that uh, the that um, uh, Can We Get Toast on Twitter, that they changed their Twitter handle and were posting a ton of leaks. And I screenshot them and I started to put them into the episode. And then I was like, let me follow up on these leaks. So I went back to the Reddit page, uh, Marvel, Marvel Studios spoilers, and come to find out someone had hacked Can We Get Toast's account and put out a bunch of fake rumors. Thanks. And that's what that's, I was going to talk crazy. I know. I, I'm glad I caught it because I was going to report on a man. And some of them were just fucking awesome. They were one of them was uh, Glenn Powell has been cast as Richard Ryder. Glenn Powell, who played Hangman 
in Top Gun Maverick. And they were talking that, about that would be perfect. I know, dude. They were like some of these rumors were just like awesome. They Nova movie rumors and all this stuff, and then come to find out, can we get Toast account was hacked and these were all fake and. I was about ready to report them as legitimate leaks. I'm glad I caught it, but it really cut down on the Marvel news this week. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, good news for Toast. Way worse things can happen when you get hacked than someone just posting some phony spoilers. So. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Uh, here's a rumor from Grace Randolph. Uh, I hear they are zeroing in on a Fantastic Four director. So, as I expected, that announcement will also likely be at D23 if not earlier, if it leaks, could be decided in the next week or so. Again, if you were to place a bet, it should be on someone who's already worked with the MCU, like maybe on a Disney Plus show. So, the two names that are coming up that I'm hearing is Peyton Reed. Peyton Reed did work on a Disney Plus show. I believe he directed an episode or two of The Mandalorian. But she said, worked with the MCU. Hmm. Does that work? Does that work, Jake? Does Peyton Reed work there? Who's already, they ha- he has worked with the MCU. But when she says, like, maybe a Disney Plus show, she's talking about an MCU Disney Plus show, I imagine. I think so, yeah. I, I don't see it being Peyton Reed and because of the Mandalorian con- connection. Um, I'm kind of Googling. I thought Peyton Reed did do an MCU episode of something, but I guess I'm wrong. I, the name I'm hearing that they're going to get to direct Fantastic Four is WandaVision showrunner Matt Shackman. Yeah, I've seen that as well. I've seen people even like already saying that that's confirmed, but they're just kind of running with uh, Grace Randolph's prediction and just claiming it as their own. Yeah, yeah, I've seen a lot of that too. Yeah. What do you think about Matt Shackman, Jake? I like it. I, I think that's a that's a decent enough choice. Um, I, I think he did great work on WandaVision, and he did really innovative work there. Like you know the way he did all the practical effects to homage all the old sitcoms and stuff. I I don't think he's a cookie cutter director by any means, and I, I would hate to see that. Yeah, I'm fine with this. I I think it's fine. Especially if, like, you know, we've kind of speculated that they're going to do a Fantastic Four in a different reality, maybe set in the past. I mean, it would be right up this guy's alley. It could be very similar to some of the, like, old homages he did in WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. It'll be interesting to see. I- I've heard that Kevin Feige... Did you see this online? I want to know if you saw this, that they were talking about how Kevin Feige is a big Star Trek fan and how his... I did not see this. Somebody was saying that Kevin Feige was a big... And I wish I had this pulled. I should have pulled it for the episode, but I don't have it. But I was reading that Kevin Feige is a big Star Trek fan and that his Fantastic Four is going to feel very Star Trek in a way. Hmm. I wonder in what way, just like the... The dated way? Yeah, I wonder if, like, <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they meant by that, to be quite honest with you. Hmm. Like, does he mean, like, the original Star Trek? Does he mean, like, the universe in general? I'm thinking, I, the, I'm 
thinking the original Star Trek. That's what I was led to believe yeah. immediately. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, moving. I, I don't know if you, any, anybody else has any thoughts on Matt Shackman as the Fantastic Four director, if that works for you or not. Who's who's I, mean, I think it's who's think who's it's using the microwave? Who's making a hot that's pocket? On, that's on my end. I apologize. Is Michelle I'm making a hot pocket? She making a hot I, pocket. What are, what are you making, Michelle? <laughs> Warming up milk for tea. Okay, oh. that's it, that sounds very oh. Downton Abbey ish or something, right? <laughs> Ryan says that sounds very Downton Abbey ish. Might hear my whistle in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Steve, you had something to say, man. Oh, no, no, no. I was just saying, I, I think it's unfortunate that they're, if the rumors are true, that they're going to stay with someone who's already directed in the, in the, in the MCU universe. I don't, I don't like the idea. I think for something like the Fantastic Four, a fresh eye would be great. Like really good. Well, this Matt Shackman just did the series. It's not like he, he hasn't done, he hasn't been, you know, he hasn't been brought up to like the big leagues and done a movie yet. So I think that they were impressed with what he did with WandaVision and they think that maybe this is their guy for Fantastic Four. But I see exactly what you're saying. Like, let's bring in, you know, because we, it's, it, let's, when you bring in somebody new, you, a lot of times you get something fresh that you've never seen yeah. before. Like, you know, you bring up names like, you know, Taika Waititi, what he did with the first Thor movie that was fresh, that was new. James Gunn with Guardians of the Galaxy, the Russo exactly. brothers with Winter Soldier. You also get Eternals. Yes, you also get Eternals. <laughs> <laughs> but you just, you just named three movies that hit it out the park and one that didn't. Yeah. So new, new eyes seem to work really well. That's true. I mean, I, I just don't want to see Kevin Feige like continue to pull from we we need new russo brothers right i mean yes we need we need new visionaries in the marvel cinematic universe because like the russo brothers for as much as we love them and we want them to come back there's no guarantee that they're going to come back and do you know secret wars there's no guarantee that they're going to do the next the the next x-men movie that we see that's now in the mcu there's no guarantee we do need some new blood in the MCU. And I'm sorry for as much as I love Taika Waititi, I felt like he's like a one trick pony when it came to Thor Ragnarok. It worked the first time. No question. No question. Tried it the second time and it just was not as good. Whether you, whether, yeah, like whether you loved or hated that movie, I, I can't, if you loved love and thunder more than Ragnarok, I don't, I, I'm. I can't. I'm not. I'm not on board with that. I. I, I think I've never met that person yet. I haven't either. Like, there's. There's so much that I did love from Thor: Love and Thunder. I loved Mighty Thor, and I loved her. I loved the 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 romance side with her and 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 Hemsworth. And but man, the gore stuff missed the mark. But I think Steve, you're onto something, man. I. I but even any name, any name that they throw out there that's an unknown, they still have a lot to prove, right? For sure, yeah. dude, especially with something like this in an established – and this is a beloved uh, like, like property. People have been waiting for this to be done right for how long now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's dude. been mishandled so much, like our whole uh, lives. <laughs> dude, and that's a lot of pressure. Even if a newcomer was offered, would they take it? That's a tough decision. Like, man, we have the. I mean, this is a lot of pressure 
more so than other properties where it's been mishandled so many times that now you want to put it on my shoulder so that if I fail, it's all on me. That's a tough thing to, but if someone does it right, oh, dude, game busters. Yeah. Yeah. I'd still love to see Zemeckis do a superhero movie. I mean, the most excited I was for The Flash was when Zemeckis was tied to it for a brief moment. And I, I think Fantastic Four is right up his alley, too. He would destroy that. He would do a fantastic, regardless if people liked it, he would do a good, watchable movie. No question. No question. That's how he works. He yeah, would especially do a if it's watchable a- movie. If it's a storyline where we're taking characters in the past and bringing them to the present, like that's like a perfect Zemeckis conceit. I mean, the guy did Back to the Fucking Future, you know? There was the rumor, and we brought this up, I'd say about a month ago or so, that they were looking at, you know, casting. And, uh, you know, they talked about Joe Keery from Stranger Things being Human Torch. And uh, what was the other director... They were talking about Steven Spielberg. Yeah, Spielberg. That, that's when I started thinking about Zemeckis because I do not want Spielberg doing the Fantastic Four movie. I just don't think he's got the head for popcorn movies these days. Yeah. So I, I think his best work in his current career is like doing the dramas. Yeah, the uh, Bridge of Spies. Right. All the dramas have been good. Yeah. All the popcorn movies have been shit. Speaking any, Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to ask if there was any other casting news regarding Fantastic Four. I know you guys are, have the it's ear all, to the street. It's all super speculation. Ah, okay. Yeah, the, 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 supposedly everything that I'm hearing is that at D23, we will get casting announcements for Fantastic Four. It's going to be dope, dude. <laughs> That's going to be dope. I will lose my mind. Yeah, D23 is going to be crazy. D23, I, I really think D23 is going to be huge, man. I mean, if they can start filling in some of those movies uh, that we saw, you know, for uh, Phase 6, I mean, because there's a lot of movies missing there. I mean, if we get that World War Hulk announcement, if we get, you know, if they say, yes, Shang-Chi 2, Shang-Chi and the Wreckage of Time, that's a movie. You know, I mean, if if we start getting these announcements, if we start getting Fantastic Four casting announcements, if we get Giancarlo Esposito being named as, you know, Dr. Doom, possibly Professor X, possibly Magneto, I still think with him coming out and saying Professor X, I think that's what it's going to be. Yeah, I, I got to imagine they weren't happy with him just straight up saying that at that convention presentation. And I don't think he would say it unless that's what he wanted. Yeah. So the man said what he wants. It's going to feel weird if he doesn't get what he wants and he gets something else. Yeah. Like the, all the interview questions are going to be, well, we know you wanted to play uh, <laughs> Professor X, but now you're Dr. Doom. Are you OK with that? Like how, how fucking annoying is that? Well, and then all the people, you know, that have watched the video – you know, with a giant swerve like that, like, oh, so he's not playing Professor X, the guy he wanted to play. He's playing Magneto or Doom or whatever, you know. It's oh, a- that's a great point. It's also hard on the whoever they do cast as Professor X if it's not him. Right. Then they've got to fill these fucking shoes that weren't even meant to be filled in the fucking first place. They've got to fill that's that so chair. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I would, but I would rather them go the direction of, like, after watching um, Thor... Mm-hmm. Love and Thunder. I don't think fan casting is a good idea. I'm like, maybe you shouldn't listen to us because we were all. No, I Krasinski. agree. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, just do after, what you You're do. talking after Doctor Strange. Yeah. I I wanted Krasinski too, and like I will puke if they announce Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, Doctor Strange, like, I was so, oh my goodness, we gotta get through this. And when he showed up, I was like, yeah, maybe don't listen to me, because I don't yeah. do what you do well. What were the t- so what were do the t- what you do well? The two names for Mister Fantastic, we had one as Jamie Dornan, and who was the other mm-hmm. guy? The 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 guy oh. from the guy from You, that series You. Yes, yes, oh, yes. Michelle's oh, super familiar what? with that actor. Pen, Pen, Bad, Pen Badgley or Pen something? Badgley. Pen Badgley. Badgley yeah, those are the two you know names. What? I can see that. I I've see seen that. too much of you. It's going to take a minute for me to... You know, uh, right. Right. <laughs> I mean, hey, hey, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's like if we would have counted out Robert Pattinson as Batman just because of the Twilight movies, right? Yeah, True. but there was such a distance in between. The Twilight and the Batman. This well, is like we the next thing after you. We could have counted out Chris Evans after playing the Human Torch. Now that's yeah. true. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. So we'll yeah, see. I mean, I definitely could be convinced that it, it's the thing, but oof. on paper, I, I'm not a big fan. I'm. I, I love Jamie Dornan, so I would not say yeah, no to him. Yeah, yeah he's great. Uh, last week, uh, we talked about the rumor of Henry Cavill as Mister Fantastic, and that. Uh, that rumor came from the Illuminati. Now we've got this from Cinestealth on Twitter. A super huge actor might have been cast as a villain set to debut in Loki season two. And if true, would break the Internet for several reasons beyond just hype. Yes, I was hinting at Henry Cavill as Hyperion. From what I gather, Loki season two will introduce Squadron Supreme as the boys style riff on the Justice League from another timeline. Arrogant evil analogs for Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, etc. But they end up working for and with Kang as his muscle in Kang Dynasty. So not just MCU Superman, evil MCU Superman. So yeah, um they're saying Cavill has been cast as Hyperion in Loki season two, and that will carry over into the Kang Dynasty movie where he's going to introduce. Uh, no, he's uh, the they're going to be working for Kang in that movie as evil analogs for Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman in a boy style riff on the Justice League. Um, Hyperion, oh my god uh, This is like Dude, a, this, this is so awesome It is awesome, it's a huge kind of like F.U. to Warner Brothers And I mean, like, this character is We're talking about, yeah, evil Superman This character has gone to war with Namor in the comics Like, he, uh, he lifted Atlantis out of the ocean And threw it and destroyed it And then decapitated Namor with an atomic eye blast this guy is a badass. So, yeah, the Squad and Supreme are fucking awesome, dude. And what a fucking upgrade from Thanos's lackeys in Infinity War it would be for Kang to have the fucking Squadron Supreme. Right? Holy shit! Because Infinity War, as great of a movie as it is, I think one of the biggest complaints is just how throwawayable all of uh, Thanos's lackeys are. I, I can't remember their name. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, uh, they have like a team name. I, the fact that I can't even remember their name shows the how. Black- the Black Order or something? Yes, yes, yes. The Black yeah. Order. Like, they're, 
there couldn't be anything less iconic from that movie. And like, oh my god, what a step up to the Squadron Supreme! One of the one of the most fun Marvel premises ever. Like they, such a perfect character in the comic books. They don't use them too often, but when they do, it's always so impactful. I mean, you got Carrie Coon to voice one of the Black Order, and she was so underutilized. What a fucking waste! Yeah. Uh, yeah, I will follow Henry Cavill anywhere, bro. Dude. I think he's a great, great... I loved him in even Man From U.N.C.L.E. I was like, this dude's a star. This dude is a freaking star. So if this is true, I'm in. I'm all the way in, no doubt. I, yeah, what, it's just awesome on every level. It's a great group of characters to use. The fact that it's a giant middle finger to Warner Brothers by casting Cavill as this alternate universe Superman-like character... And it's, it's not so just cool. it's not just a one and done like the Illuminati and Doctor Strange. They're going to be following <laughs> up with this character in the Kang Dynasty movie. Like, dope, yeah, it yeah, is. That's the part that gets me the most excited is these guys being like actual powerful lackeys, not just throwaway characters. And we already know that people have a taste for this evil Superman thing. Like people like that, and they would love to or like an evil alternate. Yeah, because I think people are realizing, like, you know, you know, uh, superheroes would probably be like this more likely if they existed around us. And it didn't it wouldn't be like it didn't uh, work in Eternals with Icarus, but I think it'll work here. No question. Yeah, it makes like, so much sense, too, with like the fact that you're going to do a secret war where all these different like you have to start creating these actual real universes to go at war with each other. And the Squadron Supreme makes so much sense as one of those factions. Like that's that universe's superheroes. Oh God! And to go up against ours, and for them to be a DC analog is just fucking incredible. You don't do yeah, and, and, and the boys is so fucking popular. And, totally. You know, yep. Yep. And I the, see these are the sort of projects that I worry about who they're going to get to direct it because if they get the wrong person to set this up, it makes everything crumble around it. Well, Kang Dynasty is going to be directed by uh, uh, Destin Daniel Cretton, the director from Shang Chi, which personally was one of my favorite movies in phase four. Yeah. And if the rumors are true, the setup's happening in Loki season two. And I, I thought those writers did a bang up job with the first season. Oh yeah. That was the Rick and Morty guys. The, the one guy from Rick and Morty, uh, Michael Waldron. There you go. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to Loki season two. Did you guys see, have you guys been watching the, some of the leaked photos coming out of there? Oh. Yeah, I've seen a bit. I've seen a bit here and there. I can tell you one thing if you want to know. I don't know if I want to say it or not. Please, no, let's hear it. Say it. Say it. Looks like they got uh, shots outside of a jet ski dealership. <laughs> <laughs> if you remember, yeah. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, Mobius and the jet ski. Yeah, uh, so. Uh, next rumor. Uh, this comes from Can We Get Some? Uh, Can We Get Toast? Uh, expect Punisher to show up in Daredevil: Born Again. So they were talking about. So yeah, uh, John Bernthal reprising the role, and they're talking about uh, him coming back and showing up in Daredevil: Born Again. Um, I know that'll excite a lot of people. Can I make a bold prediction? I think there's zero fucking chance we ever see Bernthal back as the Punisher in the MCU. He said he personally came back and said, I'm not going to play a watered down version of this character. 
Yeah, it, it, it's zero percent chance. I, anytime I hear any of these Punisher rumors, I, I don't buy it for a second. I just don't. I don't think the MCU wants anything to do with this character. It's just a. What do you do? It's it's just so hard to do anything within the constraints of what the MCU has presented. Like I. I don't know. The Punisher is a live grenade of a character and like the expectations people are going to have for what he needs to do are just so high. They don't want to touch this with a fucking 10 foot pole. Zero, zero fucking chance. Right. I'm a, I'm 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 50 50 on this one. I keep hearing this from multiple leakers, Jake. I don't know. They keep saying they're bringing back Deadpool. So. I mean, if they're doing a Deadpool rated R. Somehow, yeah, but, De- but the Deadpool I, I, character has such a sense of humor. He's very self-aware. Yeah, but he's—I mean—he's vulgar. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but, but still in a violent way. Like the yeah, Punisher but... isn't cracking jokes with his violence. No, or at least he shouldn't be. I don't know. I just don't see it. I could be wrong, but man, I just can't see the Punisher coming anytime soon. Maybe twenty years down the line, when there's just nothing else left to do. I'm fifty fifty on this one because I just keep hearing it from so many different leakers that he is coming back, that Bernthal's coming back, that Ritter's coming back. That um, so I believe that I believe the Ritter stuff a hundred percent. And I hear she's might make an appearance in Echo, but I don't know how reliable that is. So. Uh, Evan Peters is returning from WandaVision. Uh, Great Phase 15 says, uh, Evan Peters is not in Wonder Man. He is, however, returning as Ralph Boner. However, it's a red herring as that's not his real name. His real character in the MCU is playing the long game in the works since WandaVision was being developed. He will return in a project late in 2024. It was going to be earlier, but this movie has had some delays in finding a consistent creative team behind the scenes. The first draft is and credited to a Chris and Eric, but can't recall last name. So Evan Peters' real name is not Ralph Boner? Dude, they made me so not care about this shit at this point. Like, they ruined it with the Ralph Boner stuff. Like, I don't... If there's a long game, it has to conclude and be awesome before I give a shit. Like, I, yeah. I can't see any buildup that's going to make me give a shit. And I love Evan Peters. He was asked, but, he was, uh, Great Face 15 was asked uh, by a, a user on Twitter, is he playing a character in the comics? And Great Face 15 responded, yes, his origin story is not the same as the comics. We are not meeting him at his origin. He's seasoned by the time we reach his movie. He's not on any speaking terms with his family. Could he be Quicksilver? Yeah, I mean, it would be really silly if he was anyone else. Mm-hmm. Just Quicksilver from the Fox universe? I don't know. Yeah, they lost seems me with like the a Ralph really weird. Just seems like a really weird way to go about this. <laughs> right? I mean, just, I mean, you've got a character. He played another character in the Fox universe. But you got the actor, played a character Fox universe. Either you can use him or you can't. So just throw him out there if you can use him. Don't be doing this whole Ralph Boner crap and he might be, he might not be. I mean, as Jake said, no one really cares. 
98 percent of your population probably doesn't care about the guy do you think it's reactionary if they do this do you think it really was the long con this was always the plan because to me it smells of reactionary we saw how fans reacted to this ralph boner stuff and it oh, just yeah. does does pan out to be true it was a dis- decision they made after that it feels 100%. yeah it feels very reactionary because why not just introduce him as quicksilver I mean, it felt like it felt no, like I've got a better plan. Let's let everyone down first. That'll get everyone really excited. <laughs> it's like it's like it felt like if they just did this to fucking troll us, that it was just like a one and done and we can just forget him coming back. But with him being rumored to come back, like it, it only makes sense that if he's not Ralph Boner, that he is going to be Quicksilver. But, yeah, it does feel very reactionary to yeah, like it's not very wise to piss off your viewing audience like that. Yeah, boy, he's gonna end up being like the Silver Surfer all this time. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's all I have for Marvel news. And honestly, I don't know if I even want to get into this DC stuff that I have this week. To be quite honest with you, it is—it's a thread over in Reddit, and it's from the DCEU leaks mods on Reddit. They basically just took all of the info that has been sent to them by people and it's an info dump on like what might they're basically saying take all this information with a grain of salt we can't back any of it up it just sounds like it's just it's it's a lot of speculation with now now with zaslav being like the head over there and like the shakeup of like what is going to be HBO Max? What are they going to? What's getting cut? What's not getting cut? People are saying that Reeves wants to recast the Joker. The studio wants an A-lister as the Joker. Reeves says it doesn't have to be an A-lister. They're saying Gal Gadot is out as Wonder Woman if if they do this reboot. Jason Momoa loves being Aquaman. He'll stick around. They're saying the Blue Beetle movie is out. It's done. They're not putting it out. Um, there's That'd be a shame. the, uh, the, the penguin series is done. They, they, they're not doing the Arkham series, so they're not doing the penguin show. They're done with that. Um, there is so much going on here with all of these. <sighs> yeah. We might not even see a Batman two at this point with everything going on. At this point, who can buy dc that would do it right i mean is there somebody out there that could purchase all of dc from wb or whoever owns them these days and just do it correctly in my opinion anyone that rich probably could not do it right (laughs) they would never sell warner brothers would never never sell those properties ever it's the, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, I mean, think about, you know, when, think about the, in, the investment that, you know, think about how much money, uh, Disney spent on acquiring the Star Wars universe from Lucas and, you know, an insane amount. What was it like six billion or something? I mean, it was, it was an insane amount, but think about like how quickly they can pay that off with just a few movies, you know? Yeah, for sure. And you never know what could happen. In 15, 20 years, it could be a totally different story. I mean, anything could fucking happen. 
Like, that's a long time. Marvel could drop the ball. DC could finally get their shit together. I mean, anything could happen. Yeah, I don't trust a lot of these reports that are coming out from this this DCEU leaks. But uh, that's why I didn't want to get into into yeah, all yeah. of this. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of scare whistleblowing. Yeah. Yeah. So... I mean, I do believe Momoa loves playing Aquaman. Oh, I do so too. Part of that leak, yeah, I believe. That. Yeah, they're saying yeah. Greg Berlanti will be the new DC's uh, DC studio head with Jim Lee and Bruce Tim acting as creative producers. But you know, we've heard that Greg Berlanti was—they uh, had their sights on him anyway. Um, God, it, there's. It's, what do you think about Berlanti? I mean, I here's the thing, like. What I loved about Berlanti was the fact that he was able to make the crossover episodes so fucking epic, right? I mean, as far as like combining the, you know, in the Arrowverse, bringing the Supergirl, bringing Supergirl, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, um, The Flash, uh, all those series, bringing them together when they did crossover, they were awesome. He was really good at that. The problem with that is like, you know, it's just the individual episodes and the fact that they're twenty plus episode seasons. But I mean, it would yeah, be it's interesting. So different. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's it's a lot different. But I I I there's a lot of stuff that I loved out of what Berlanti did. I think you know, Gorilla Grodd was awesome in the Flash series, and. um I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I did love from that. It's just, it's a, it's a big commitment watching all those episodes. I, I, I don't know, man. It'd be interesting to see what Berlanti could do, but there's no. Yeah, I mean, the Russos did it. They went from TV to movies and then did the biggest epic stuff ever. I mean, maybe yeah. Berlanti is the guy. I mean, he would definitely at least care about it being a shared universe and yeah. probably be able to do that part properly. I think so That's too. Totally true. I mean, I dug Free Guy a lot. Yeah, I thought that was a great movie. So you never know, man. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, I really hope that they're serious about this ten-year plan. That they got the right person in there, and I'm still like we talked about it last week. I still think they just need to blow this all up and reboot and start fresh. As sad as that is for some of the characters that I'm going to miss, um, I just think that's what you've got to do it this is very conflicting too like one report says that um black adam 2 will introduce a new superman and then another report that says henry cavill is still the dceu superman and yes he indeed does have a cameo at the end of black adam these leaks are all over the place and none of them can be confirmed so it's just basically the mods throwing out an info dump of all the leaks that they've gotten. And so it's like you got to pick and choose and which one's real and which aren't. So I don't know, guys. I mean, I think like I think it'll be very telling. And I said this last week. I think it'll be very telling what the next DC movie is that they announce that's set in the universe. That's going to be very revealing. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I keep thinking of that 10 year plan that you talked about. And man, it's just it's the perfect time. I, I I'm right there with you. I hope that works. I hope they get their shit together. There's a lot of unsatisfied Marvel customers out there. And if they get that 10 year plan going now or it's starting now, I think they could make big waves. Yeah, 
Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. They just can't. people people want DC to be better, and there's a large group of people like that. And I think even a lot of the DC diehards in the last couple of years have finally like taken their sunglasses off and have has seen that this is basically a failure of a universe. I mean, uh, if DC's doing great, that's going to push Marvel. I mean, competition breeds success, and if you've it's got Marvel doing, you know, if you've got DC doing great stuff, it's going to push Marvel to do great stuff. And I mean, I, there's no reason why both sides of this can't be putting out fucking awesome content all the time. They just need to have a cohesive vision, a cohesive plan. I don't know if Greg Berlanti is the guy to do it, but it's as far as names go, he's the best one I've heard on this list. So. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Like, the competition is great. But, man, it just seems like the perfect atmosphere right now for Warner Brothers, if they can do the right thing, to make a shit ton of money. Yeah. So um, true. Yeah. Just and gotta, when you're saying reboot and start over, you're saying everyone's brand new, Yeah, Brian? man. Yeah, man. That's I'm, what they need to do. Yeah, blow them up. Blow it up, dude. No, wow. no ties to the failure whatsoever. Maybe in 15, 20 years, you can do your DC version of No Way Home where they encounter their failure versions. Uh, <laughs> it's and just, you're saying uh, that, that's, a strong, I didn't, I didn't, that's a strong statement there, man. I'm telling you, man, it's, it's a mess over there. It's, it's, it's this Ezra Miller stuff. They were supposed to use this Flash as kind of like a, a reboot and to get rid of the the Snyderverse and start over. But how do you do that when your main character in the flash movie is Ezra Miller, who's had so much controversy <laughs> around him? I mean, there's just, there's no way. I just feel like I, I am hearing that they're still going to put this fucking movie out. Oy. I just think that they shouldn't. I think that it should just be shelved. And that's a fucking shame because we all wanted to see Michael Keaton is back as Batman. Um, I just think they that, can leak it. They could leak it. Hmm. You know, the whole anonymous, I don't know how it got out. <laughs> they would never do that. I mean, they make no. no money that way. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have a movie or, I mean, your your main star can't do press. Yeah, I mean, think or about they that. They don't want Ezra to do press. I this mean. movie comes out, you can't even have your main actor be a part of any of the press junkets. It's, I've never, I've never seen anything like this. Hmm. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure they hid them at the, uh, Harry Potter movie, The uh, Secrets of Dumbledore. He was not at the premiere. And he was not, yeah, yeah, he was not invited to the junkets or anything. So, yeah, this is, it's a mess. And I I just think that they need to blow it up. I do think that a launching pad can be with Black Adam. I do think that if they can separate what they have in Black Adam from anything in the DCEU, that that can be their launching point. They can start there with Black Adam and build their universe out from there. And now you've got The Rock as your cornerstone, pun intended. And (laughs) you can... Well, we're we're assuming that it's going to be good. It's going to make money. And I'm I'm really hoping that it's good. I really hope that it's good. (laughs) The more that I've watched the trailer, Steve, the more I'm kind of looking forward to it. I mean, see, I'm the opposite. The more I'm, I see I'm, that I'm trailer, the opposite too. Yeah, the more I see that trailer, and I saw it again. I mean, watch. I think it played before Beast or whatever. Yeah. And I, the more I see it, I'm just like, no, I just can't get into it. I mean, it's The Rock playing a character as The Rock. 
I mean, I, I, and he doesn't, I mean, he didn't adapt. I mean, they, what happened to the ears? What happened to the hair? I mean, it's The Rock. Yeah, The Rock is just too iconic at this point to successfully yeah, I mean, like, play a known yeah. comic book character. I think totally it's the problem. Agree. Yeah, you can't disappear into something. He can't disappear into a character because he always is the rock. I mean, he is. I mean, he's a live action superhero himself. I mean, exactly, dude. You're so right, man. That I was not able to put my finger on it until you just said he's too iconic. He can't disappear into anything. I agree with that, and I love him to death. So I, yeah. Oh, I'll watch anything he's in, but (laughs) in, and I'm sure I'll be watching Black Adam, but I just cannot see it being any good yeah i don't know if he's i hope it. it is i hope i hope yeah i don't know i think it might be good i mean it is the rock and he's charismatic as all shit but so i mean it could be very good i don't know i'm just sick of that trailer i i fucking yeah. I, I i'm sorry like there's parts of that trailer i absolutely love i fucking love it when he's flying along and he's got those two fucking jets next to him and he just fucking punches the wing off that motherfucker i fucking love it <laughs> and then the guy hits him with the crowbar and he just fucking tosses him i fucking <laughs> love it and i want to see the dynamic between you know him and the other superheroes and them not liking the way that he's handling things and he's going against the grain of what it is to be a superhero. I think that it, it, it's a different kind of character. We haven't seen somebody with Superman level powers act that way in a movie. We've always expected, you know, our hero to, to, to value life and, and not kill people. And here we've got an anti-hero and we're going to see, I'm hoping that we just see something different. I feel like that's what I'm getting from the trailer. But it, does that necessary? Is that like, does that necessarily mean that it's a formula for a great fucking movie? No, it doesn't. But I hope it is, and it's got my ticket. I'm going to be watching it. So, oh, for sure. I think everybody, most everybody, will just because it's you know, hey, it's Black Adam with The Rock. But I think if you're going to say I'm rebooting a whole, you know, a whole universe. I would put it more of a sure thing. I, I base it on a sure thing for sure. I'm mean, like, this is the beginning of our reboot. And I don't know. I think Brian is saying the same thing that if this movie is successful and makes a ton of money, they'll just make it the first movie in the new thing. Right. I mean, the first movie for Marvel was Iron Man, which was kind of a definitely a C list character at the time. Mm-hmm. That's not the movie that you think you would start a Marvel universe with. Like if, if you had to like, here's the draft for Marvel. Like, and if you could pick from any character, like what movie are you going to start your universe with, with Marvel? Yeah. Iron Man is going to be not at the top of that list. Honestly, at the time, he'd be lucky to be in the top 20. No, I agree. That's very true. You're going to start your movie with you're going to if you have that first pick in the draft for Marvel making the movie, you're going with Spider-Man. Like that's the movie you're going to start with. Okay, I mean that's that was their most iconic character, and they didn't have that. Marvel Studios had access to these characters. Uh, With John Favreau, who at the time, you know, independent. You know, film lovers loved him. We yeah. all loved him. Oh yeah. But Iron Man, people were like, "Whoa, he's gonna be doing Iron Man now?" Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then for him to kind of fight the studio and say, "No, you know, I, 
I know you guys want Tom Cruise, but I want Robert Downey Jr., who was kind of like in actor's jail at that time for, you know, his drug use and antics and, you know, time in jail and shit like that. I mean, it was a huge fucking gamble, and it paid off, and it was huge. And even though The Rock's a big actor, Black Adam is not in, like, anybody's, as far as, like, mainstream audiences, they don't know who Black Adam is. And that's the thing. It's like, The Rock, if he does this right, can show mainstream audiences who this character can be. And if it works, it works. And this could be like the launching pad for their new universe. If it doesn't work, they just got like, they got to scrap it all, Steve. They got to scrap it all. Here's the tough part, though. Anything, and it's kind of a cheat code. It's hard. It's going to be hard to base the success of Black Adam on the future because The Rock will make money regardless. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So if you're not like, oh, it was a success, we should be like, no, no, no. Remember who you have in that suit. That man on a poster. Yes. Is going to pull in a hundred million dollars. I went to the store so yesterday and I almost bought some of those Zoa drinks just because of his stuck fucking. <laughs> His cardboard cutout was oh, there. They taste like they taste like ass. I, I tried one. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. I was half tempted to buy it just because he looks so fucking like he, he, like he's charming yet intimidating. He's almost like intimidating me to buy this fucking drink. Man. Yeah, dude, I, I completely agree. I looked at that. I swore I saw his eyebrow move, and I was like, I have to buy this. <laughs> yeah, dude, because he's so charismatic. So it's really tough to base. Yeah. Remember that when you have his name on it, like you said, you know, you have your, when you have him in front of you, you're going to buy a, a, a power drink or you're going to see his movie. Yeah. Can he can he make that, you know, spread out to a, the rest of a universe? I don't know. It's going to be it's going to be huge, I think, uh, when we when that movie, like, you know, a day or two before and they. The review embargo is lifted and we can, yeah. right? I mean, are, are we going to see a green splat or are we going to see a red tomato? Like, so true. You know, I mean, th- that's going to be pretty telling. Like if it's if it's in the high 90s, it's like, oh, man, it looks like DC's got a hit on their hands here. But I mean, if we see that red splat and it's at a fucking 50 or whatever, it doesn't matter. Even if it's at a 60 fresh, like that's still not a good sign. Yeah, it needs to be 85 or higher. Well, and, I mean, if they choose to embargo what? I mean, like a week before versus two days before the premiere. I've seen them fucking embargo that shit up until like the fucking day. Yeah, up until the day. That's That's not a good sign. Yeah, that's never a good sign. That's not a good sign. That's like we're holding on to shit because we, you know what I mean? You don't want word of mouth. Didn't they do that with Trank's Fantastic Four? I feel like they did. Because he got in trouble for already, like, complaining about it before it came out. And I think it was day of that the embargo was lifted. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I yeah. mean, I mean, I also, you know, you guys might be totally right where this is a good liftoff. It doesn't have to be. If it's a good movie, like, in my opinion, Man of Steel was a good movie. And that would have been a good, maybe it didn't make, uh, I don't know how much money it made or what the reviews were. But I'm like, you could have built something off of that if they did what Brian said and said, you know what? We're rebooting and we're going to have a 20-year plan. And let's lay this out before we even start anything. Maybe you could have built something on that. So maybe they do it here. Maybe they're like, you know what? We we can start something from here. Um, I'm just, I mean, if they're rebooting everybody, yeah. that means 
Momoa's gone. That's crazy. It, Steve, uh, it's here's... just smart to not have any ties to the DCEU here. So they have that opportunity if it's worth it. That's true. You're I'm, right. You're totally right. I'm thinking about the future that if this is a if this is if people love this movie, if Black Adam goes off and people are loving this movie, can't wait to see more of the character. People are talking about, you know, Black Adam 2. Black Adam 2 definitely would be a great point to introduce the next Superman because that's the showdown people are going to want to see. They're going to want to see The Rock versus Superman. Like, you can't tell me that you don't want to see those two heavyweights get into the ring together and fight it out. But do you introduce the new Superman in a as a secondary character versus his own solo movie. That's a good fucking question. What do you because no. uh, Yeah, because I mean he's I mean that tentpole character. I don't see how you can just in, introduce a brand new character, brand new actor as Superman in as just a secondary character in somebody else's movie. He's Superman. Yeah. I don't know how I mean, you do I mean, another I origin movie. Kind of how do you do another origin movie with Superman? How many have we had? Oh yeah, yeah, that's you're true. You're right as well. about that. <laughs> no, you're right about that. Yeah, I mean, who wants to see that again? That's true. Yeah, no, you're totally because they scrapped the. I mean, they scrapped it for Spider-Man. They didn't really have an origin story for this cat. Well, I guess all of these movies have kind of been his growing into a man. But you know, you we don't were have to do we them. were watching. Unbeknownst to us, we were watching the origin story unfold because when Aunt May said, "With great power comes great responsibility," yes. it's like, "Holy shit!" We just got our Spider-Man in the third fucking movie, and we, you know what I mean? They could do something like that. With I mean, I don't, I don't know if they could do that with Superman. I don't know if they could do that with Superman, man. I mean, I, <laughs> I think the best they could do is Black Adam two, put Superman in the stinger. And then make it um, the next movie is Superman. I don't know. I, I really don't know how that. I can't see them wanting to do another origin story with Superman. And I don't know how you. I don't know how it works just throwing in an established Superman into Black Adam 2 and then have all the people say, like, where was Superman when all this Black Adam stuff was totally happening? Right. <laughs> so. correct, you are totally correct. You are totally right, man. Now you've got to do like a Captain Marvel explanation that he was off world and there were more important things. Or, or you know, um, I don't know. I mean. You're, you're winning me over with this reboot thing, though. I think you might be right. They have to just scrap. The, they they got to scrap everybody. I think they, they have do. to. I think they do. And for as much as I love Gal in the role of Wonder Woman and and uh, Momoa as Aquaman and I mean there's there there's some of the stuff that you know man I, I'm going to I'm going to miss that. It's you know and I for everything I'm hearing like Peacemaker season 2 is safe but like how long does does that last and like where is if they do reboot like where's James Gunn's place in this do they lose James Gunn does James Gunn stick around and do more for them what does this mean for future seasons of like the of uh, any possible other peacemaker slash suicide squad spinoffs that they had planned like if they're going to reboot you got to get rid of everything you would think like otherwise people are going to be holding on to the past like I still think that you can do Batman 2. I still think, of course, you can do Joker 2. You can label these as Elseworld stories and just let the audience know that these are not part of the main DCU. Put it under a different label. 
You know, like the comics had like DC Black or like Elseworld stories. You could do the same thing here in the movies and make audiences savvy, privy to the fact that these are separate stories out of the main continuity of a shared universe. You can you can do that, but yeah, I think you got to profitable get... to do it the opposite way to make sure you label all the movies that are connected to the shared universe. You know, whatever name you decide upon, you put that banner on every single fucking one. And if it doesn't have that banner, it's one of the it's a Joker two or a Batman two. You know what I'm saying? Like really shine up that brand new sh- shared universe with some kind of title that you put on every one of them. Then that doesn't allow them to retcon. It doesn't back. Uh, it's yeah, Marvel Studios. See, see, the thing is, though, it's like maybe I'm proving your point here. I don't know because it's like m- people will go out and watch Morbius and be like, "Man, this is not a this is not a good MCU movie. This is not a good Marvel movie." Like, I can't believe that they don't understand that. Like at the beginning, it doesn't say Marvel Studios. It says in association with Marvel. They don't realize yeah. that this is not part of the Marvel universe. I do think there needs to be some sort of like, I know, how do you get this across to casual audiences? <laughs> like, how? Yeah, I think you even are kind of proving my point because even on like physical releases for the MCU, like if you buy that big Infinity Saga box set, like the spines are all numbered up and everything. Like, I don't know. I just think um, audiences are dumb. I still hear people being confused about the Pattinson Batman stuff and where he fits into all this stuff. Like people just do not understand the joker stuff too yeah uh, one of the rumors out of this was that zaslav wants pattinson to be the batman in the main dceu yeah (laughs) i just think it's very smart and you'll you'll make more money if you like label these movies as these are the ones you have to see because the ones that you don't have to see are such you know big production big actor things that you know you have to see them anyway You know, they're not doing Elseworld movies that are just like low budget. Well, here's the thing. They're if, doing... if they start doing DC Elseworld movies and they label them all Elseworld, people are going to start wondering, why isn't the Joker movie connected to the Batman Pattinson mm-hmm. movie? Yeah, yeah, that's true as well. They're not going to that's just going to be the name of the universe to the idiots. They're not going to realize that means they're all in separate universes. <laughs> right, 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 right. It's true. That's true. Yeah. Why is oh, there boy. a different Joker in the Pattinson one. I don't know. Guys, it's all this is, you know what? This is all for them to figure out and hopefully they can figure it out and do it right. And uh cuz I want some good DC movies. Um I, What's going on with this Green Lantern core show? I keep hearing that that's still happening. Like I, I don't know, guys. I don't know what. When are we on. actually getting Aquaman 2? Uh December, right? Because it's December. I believe so. Yeah, yeah, that's in the can. Like they just moved the date, right, to get more away from Avatar or something like that. Okay. No, that was Shazam. Oh, okay, okay. So maybe uh, is uh, let me look up Aquaman to release. You get rid of Shazam too, Brian? Yeah, you got to get rid. You got to get rid of it. Oh, you got to get rid of everyone. Oh, March seventeenth, twenty twenty-three. Dang, March. Yeah, Zachary Levi would be out of a job in my scenario because uh, that movie is connected to the DCEU. The kids reference things that happen um, in the DCEU, I believe. They definitely, like, the uh, the one kid has, like... Yeah, you know, at the beginning, he's got his bat... Um, yeah, all that memorabilia. 
Yeah. There's and, some newspaper clippings. And, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely connected. So you got to get, if you're doing a complete reboot, you got to get rid of. And he was one of the best casting uh, choices that I had seen in the DC in a long time. I liked him too. He, I did. He nailed it with him, dude. I liked it too. So. Yeah, he's got to go. Go do a Chuck reboot, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> you gotta go. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's gonna be messed up though if like Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom makes Buku bucks and they gotta. <laughs> They're not gonna know what to do. It's gonna. Ruin they everything. won't. They won't. I mean, think about that. Right. Oh, it's yeah. gonna make a killing, yeah. dude. It's gonna make a killing. Even though I thought want, the first one was horrible. If you want a successful shared DC universe, don't go see Aquaman 2. I'm in the camp, Steve, <laughs> that I enjoy, I gave Aquaman a taste that it was fun enough for me. I know hey. you, you and Dan hated that movie. Oh, I, I hated that movie. I liked Aquaman. I enjoyed except it. Except for the stupid Pitbull Africa song. Oh, God. That was so laughable. That was terrible, dude. Jake, you haven't watched it yet. Get out of here. I've heard the stupid song. It was unavoidable. Yeah. I tried to watch Aquaman. I think I got 12 minutes in before I just fucking was like, Thank you, no. Jake. Thank you. In 12, about 12 minutes in, me and Dan looked at each other and we were like, oh, boy. Here's the thing. Jake turning, off, Jake turning off a DC movie is really no big deal. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, boy. I, I think I had the flu or some kind of fucking shit when that movie came out. And oh, thank God. I've never been more thankful for the flu in my life. I'm just upset that we're not getting that trench movie. Yeah, I, I don't even know. <laughs> Do you remember when that was happening? Oh, I remember. Yeah. I remember. Wasn't it James Wan? Was yeah. it? Yeah, James Wan. Well, he did the first Aquaman. He, he did was going to do yeah. the second one. Yeah, he was going to do the spinoff of the of the trench and make it a horror movie. Never, never happened. Anyway, guys, that is all I have this episode. I want to thank our guests on this one, Kevin Shanks. Where can people find you, man? Yeah, you can find me at Dose Makes the Poison and the Toxcast. You can find me not making a new episode for two months, right, Kevin? <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. That is right. I'm sorry. I'll be back to it one of these days. Dose Makes the Poison the Toxcast. Kevin doesn't make the episodes. No. <laughs> Come back, Kevin. Come back. Make another episode. You got shit lined up, though, right? I do have stuff recorded. I just haven't edited anything. So, all right. That's almost more pathetic. It is. It, I mean, it truly is. I feel sorry for your guest. I do too. Yeah, they're just <laughs> waiting. They're, they're <laughs> hey, when's my episode coming up? Uh, I, feel, I feel terrible too. Mm-hmm. Believe me, dragging your Kevin, feet over there. Maybe it's time for you to reboot and just get rid of all the actors. Uh, that's exactly <laughs> what they do. Do a DCEU reboot on the podcast. <laughs> uh, we're rebooting, rebranding. Oh my gosh! All right, and uh, Steve, thank you so much for joining us on this one. Where can people find you, sir? You can find me and my co-host, Dan. We host a podcast called The Heroes of Noise. It's everywhere you get podcasts or go to heroesofnoise.com for any information. All right. What's next up? What's next up for you guys on Heroes of Noise? What are you guys going to be doing? We're probably going to be talking about the goal, actually, is to be talking about Bullet Train. We want to see Bullet Train and talk about it because it's, uh, you know, it turns out we should have seen that 
a while ago. So I'm like, you know, we got to go see it. Oh, uh, yeah. We're, we're still a little bit weary of going into the COVID infested movie theaters, but I guess we have to take a bullet on this one. Take a bullet on this one. You see what I did there? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Uh, what did he do there, guys? I don't. I'm, I'm kidding. I got it. I got it. Oh, I wasn't being sincere. I thought it was terrible. Hey, hey! Be a gentleman. You haven't. You haven't seen Bullet Train yet. Wow. I have not. No. Oh, it's fantastic. I loved it. I loved it. It'll be interesting to hear what you and Dan thought of it because I fucking I thought it was a fantastic movie. Yeah, so I can't wait. Yeah, I loved it, guys. That is all I have. M- remember to uh, subscribe to Hears of Noise and uh, you can drag your feet on subscribing to Kevin's podcast because it, I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm kidding. Please subscribe to Kevin's podcast. Listen to his listen to his past episodes, and we'll be back uh, next week. What are we, Jake? What are we doing next week? What have we got? Game of Thrones two. It's tomorrow. Oh, House of the Dragon. That's uh, that's hitting tomorrow. I hear the reviews are really good. I saw that too. I was surprised. Yeah. Well, I, surprised. I have very low expectations, so if it is really good, it. it might be awesome oh shit we might have a new contest next week and if it gets approved i'm waiting on the approval if it gets approved this is going to be one that you're definitely one going to want to enter uh breaking the new john boyega movie hits theaters next week i've already got my ticket for that one looks fantastic i don't know if you guys have seen the trailer for breaking looks yeah looks great and then the uh Mike Tyson series on Hulu. Mike drops. Oh, my God. One of the fucking rumors from that fucking fake account on Twitter that took over uh, Can We Get Toast was Travante Rhodes as Luke Cage. Uh, I love that. I fucking yeah, love that cast. Oh, dude, that'd be dope. Dude, I was so when I found out that these were fake fucking rumors, I was so pissed because Travante Rhodes is fucking Luke Cage is incredible casting. Yeah. Anyway, that's bullshit. That's a bullshit rumor. Anyway, guys, we'll see you next week. All right. Thank you, Jake. And until next week, we're putting a lid on it. Yeah, you kind of got it, I suppose. Now you fucked that one up, too, Jake. That felt like my best one. No, you've done better. Let's try it again. Let's try it one one more time. All right. And until next week, we're putting a a lid on it. Jesus fucking Christ. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to put a bullet in you, speaking of bullets. <laughs> Whoa! I see what you did there. It all went back to bullet train. Kevin, do you remember when the Washington Washington Wizards were called the Bullets? Oh, yes. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I'm sure those jerseys go for a pretty penny on eBay. Yeah, well, Chris Weber played for them for that's a year right. or two before they switched. Yeah, that's right. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. See you. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. 
already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good it, toss it, good it, taste it Do we love it? Hey, let's face it Can't erase it, let's embrace it Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carryover, counterculture, pushover Pop culture Leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Podcasts that are original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushover. Pop culture leftovers. And we're the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushover. Pop culture. Leftovers. And you're the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.